Dear Ritz Makara, it's me once again, Cowboy Kevin Man. How are you doing? Come here to me. Before we get into SummerSlam 2001, I just wanted to let everyone know that over on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash AE podcast, we have continued our amazing book report series. There are now two full episodes up detailing... Uh, the autobiography of Dwayne The Rock Johnson known as The Rock Says. We took it in two parts. Adam reads the book and then relays the information he has gleaned from it. Needless to say, clocking in over three hours, these two episodes are among the most insane things we have ever had to look at. Become a backer now to also get access to 26 plus episodes of the Smackdown Crawl as well as a full video episode where we look at Photo Slam and a whole other bevy of goodies. Become a backer now, support the podcast, get Get access to some amazing content, but for now, enjoy this. It is now time for SummerSlam 2001. Welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast, Season 3, Put Down That Play the Dicks, it's episode number 6. Hello everyone, once again, I'm Cowboy Kevin Mann, joined by this big, tall, caffeinated bastard over here, Adam Bibolo, that's gonna look at you. Put down that plate of dicks. <laughs> yeah. Keep that's, it that's gonna stay in the air, is it? That's gonna be in the final episode. I so. used all the best rhymes for cinema swirl. <laughs> now I've got nothing left. I'm an old piece of gum that has all the flavour chewed out of it making dick jokes. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Kevin. How are you enjoying 2001? It's nice. It's a nice period of wrestling to be watching. Even when it's bad, it's good. And this is interesting because... This time around, season three, you've been watching the Raws and Smackdowns as well this time around, have you? I have you been, asked? yeah. I've been trying to keep up with what's been going on. Has it changed the experience for you compared to watching the pay-per-views from season one? Just the big shows, kind of, with highlights? Absolutely. Because, and I realise realize this on Smackdown Crawl as well, when you're just looking at pay-per-views, it's very easy to be like, oh, the booking is very good at the minute. But if you watch it week to week, you'll see a lot of shit that gets left by the wayside before the pay-per-view. Yeah, because to the untrained eye, yeah, if you're just watching these pay-per-views from the Invasion, you think, God, this is a great angle. It's working <laughs> really <laughs> Fine and dandy. And to my right, this big vaping bastard over here, Billy Cable. Hello. Let me have a look at you. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Are you excited to talk about SummerSlam 2001? As my boys in Drowning Pool say... Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> As Paul Heyman, I believe, says at the start of this paper. They say so many times, let the bodies hit the floor, yeah. that I'm really starting to wonder, what is the nature of the relationship between Draining Pool and the World Wrestling Federation? It seems a very fitting pair, I think. If I was going to pick a band to be with the WWF at this time period, it would probably be Drowning Pool. And as well, Bodies came out in 2001, which makes this the most WWF have been on the pulse of pop culture the ever. Yeah. <laughs> what are you fucking losers doing swinging your dicks around waiting for the new Limp Biscuit album? This new cut from Drowning Pool is tight! It's as tight as it gets! Well, much in the same way that when you look out and you find you've got that Drowning Pool CD knocking around in your drawer. Not me, man. I was cool but if you are one of those people who looks back at them kind of regrets and goes oh god what was I thinking in a similar vein looking back now here's SummerSlam 2001 what were we thinking 
got full-on Drowning Pool, guys. That was not really as much an intro package as just the song Bodies by Drowning Pool. Yeah. Terrible. I don't know why they included actual clips from the music video mm. and just thrown in stills of wrestlers screaming at the requisite points. What are they? But the clip of DDP and Tommy Dreamer in the angle lock screaming in time of the music is one of the most funny things I've ever seen. I think a lot of the angles that they've been cutting on Raw like and SmackDown are probably have been lads we need to cut we need four more scream takes for this fucking video package here. Austin would you go out there and scream with Bob and Devon? Let <laughs> <laughs> the bodies hit the floor. It seriously is one of the funniest things I've seen in, in this run of the podcast, and I've seen a man walk a duck on a lead, so I know what funny is like. Have <laughs> you ever known the time they've been so enamored with the song? Because like they've cut this video to the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they've sat down with this, they've analyzed it, they've got the main beats, like they're full in on this. Well, if you even compare it to something like the only thing I can think of that's similar is the My Way package from WrestleMania 2001, but that they intercut with quotes and from like yeah. sound bites and clips of the action this was just no storylines no dialogue it was just the music and nothing else and also as well this is now the official theme of the coalition of chaos yeah. WECW aka officially now known as the alliance legit like one of the weirdest things watching this week to week was when someone was like ladies and gentlemen please welcome the owner of ECW Stephanie McMahon let the bodies hit the floor and there's Steph like smiling (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck I thought I'd be a good podcaster yeah I thought I'd be a good person do a little bit of research check out the background of the band you know check out oh what's vocalist Dave Williams what's his backstory oh he died a year after this so heart failure and then I got sad and realised research is for losers. Yeah. So, uh, Better off not knowing. I really wish I did, considering they used this song long after his death. Mm. Did I ever tell you at the time I was teaching when I used this song? No. Did I ever tell that story? No, I don't time? think so. Right, so I was teaching and I wanted to teach kids about acid. And I was like, what's a good way for kids to learn about acid? So I looked in and it's like, you know, acid dissolving and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, it's a clip from Breaking Bad where Jesse put the body in the acid in the, in the bathtub Mr. White and he put it there and then it fell through and I was like yeah, it, it shows good because it dissolves all the hydrocarbons and you know but if it was in a plastic tub like Mr. White wanted wouldn't have done that to try to prove that point like, I'll just show you the video clip guys you know it's half term tomorrow so we'll go off on a high here's the video clip and you think about science and it paid the clip I didn't watch it all the way through and the second that the thing breaks through, he goes, let the body <laughs> So there's all these kids watching the screens going, Fliah! and all this blood and he's like, enjoy your half term, guys. We'll see you. There's a superintendent outside the door like, who is this teacher in here? Superintendent Chalmers. <laughs> yeah, they, they're, they're all on this song. They're loving it. We got cool close cam footage. I did like that we got this kind of, you know, handheld camera. Like, they just took some cameras out to a house show or something like that. Yeah. You know, that's pretty cool. It's different. It's really nice. Yeah, it looks good. It's a lot different from what you were normally seeing in the Attitude Era. Uh, you get to see as a man in a euphoric trance watches these clips on a telly in a white room, which is before WWE wrestlers used to watch uh, TVs at the side. That was <laughs> how they did it. So the Ludovico it technique. Like. It could be, yeah. And if you want to know what it's like when me and Adam watch uh, SmackDown Crawl, it's that. We sit in a white room in a euphoric trance. One of us will get up and shout floor at the others every now and then, you know. 
The battle for supremacy continues. How does it? How? Because I've been watching every fucking episode of Raw and Smackdown and there is not a single mention of what any of this means. Like, what's at stake? You know, they're keeping score. Like, oh, the Alliance got the better of them at Invasion. What does that mean? So, after Invasion, where I and most of the people watching wrongly assume that meant whoever won, won. And that meant that it's still, you know, WCW and ECW have won. Yeah. Basically, Austin just came out and he's like... I like these guys now instead because y'all didn't appreciate Stone Cold Steve Austin. And now he's with them. And they're like, yeah, now he's with us. And the WF title is with the Alliance. Never explain what that really means. Why they're getting TV time. Mm. And like even little things like they don't have like the backstage announcers for ECW or WCW or anything like that. Or announce teams. Mm-hmm. Or like Steph will be backstage and like Michael Cole will be like, oh, hey, Steph, can I ask you a question? It's just they're people on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And this battle is continuing. Yeah. And they're making booking decisions. Yeah. Like Shane and Steph, who by all accounts should have no fucking say in what is going on in the WWF, are just just making booking decisions. They're making matches. It randomly, they decide, oh, okay, it actually means now Shane can book this match because it's to do with a WCW wrestler. But mm. before, it was like Linda had to buy TV time for them to get on. Yeah. And now Shane's just like, oh, no, actually, fucking Lance Storm is going to wrestle you know, Raven tonight or whatever. It's very ad hoc. And then it comes out that Shane's allowed to book WCW title matches. Which doesn't really explain why uh, Booker T is having to defend his belt against the returning Rock tonight. No. Very strange indeed. Kicking things off here for the Intercontinental title, we have Lance Storm, the champion, taking on the King of the Ring of 2001. It's Egg. My best kind of breakfast is an Intercontinental breakfast. Juice, croissants, egg. egg. Yep. <laughs> Good. Glad we got that out of the way with. Yeah. I tell you, we got on commentary as well tonight. A welcome return. Sorry, Michael Cole, but we've uh, found someone better and less shit than you. It's Paul Heyman. Thank God he's back. So he's went from being the boss of the ECW to the not boss of the Alliance to just being back on commentary. Yeah. They did an angle where Taz and Tommy Dreamer came out and they're like, Mr. Dreamer, can you get rid of Michael Cole on commentary? And Michael Cole's like, no, don't do that. And they did. And now Paul Heyman's on commentary. To spread the word of the Alliance. Okay. Not explain why he's allowed to do that. Yeah, he is, though. They're winning. The Alliance are winning. They can do things. So I remember doing World War II, the BBC broadcast, get all flustered. It's like, well, I don't like it one bit, ladies and gentlemen, but at five past noon, we have to turn this broadcast over to the National Socialist Party <laughs> of Germany. And I don't like it one bit. Here are the Nazis. And then you come out, oh, fucking talk. Let the bodies in the bodies. <laughs> Your boy Lance has been having awesome matches on television. Mm-hmm. Wrestling Kurt Angle in the main event. He wrestled Chris Jericho. He is so fucking good. Uh, he's got any catchphrases as well. Does anyone know what Dan Storm's catchphrase is? If I could be serious for a minute. Hey! <laughs> he is a very serious man. He doesn't like offbeat shenanigans, and every single time he says, if I can be serious for a moment, he gets interrupted. Like, he literally goes, Splendid! Now, I will begin my speech! And he gets interrupted, he's like, What? I love that on the pay-per-view here, he's constantly talking, but every few seconds he keeps looking over his shoulder, like, <laughs> no one's going to cut me off, are they? Right, okay, this time... Like... There better not be any offbeat shenanigans happening back there, you guys. Look at that haircut as well. Johnny yeah. Unitas. You could set your watch to Landstorm's hair. You could rest a tumbler on the top of it. <laughs> like, you know, good thing. 
In the WWF base, Christian cheers on his brother with the cast of Sunday Night Heat. Did anyone suspect any wrongdoing from Christian here tonight? Absolutely not. Him and Ed are as tight as it gets. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yo, I always trust someone who's wearing the snakeskin tank top. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I bought my first car off of that, the snakeskin tank top, because it's just a trusting look, you know, trusting attire. I await USA chances this match begins. Because hmm. there's two Canadians in the ring, but they don't realise that when one of them is a good guy. Paul Heyman starts making things a bit confusing for us at home. We were trying to make sense of this angle still. He says, Invasion, the Alliance took over. So there, they took over now. That's it. Okay, that makes no sense. That's fine. How come there's no, inv- you know, Alliance? How come there's no Alliance logo? Yeah, no, not yeah. even that. Not even. Even the corporate ministry had a logo. What is it, Shea McMahon going, ha ha ha, ha, ha like, you know. They had a vibe. <laughs> JR responds to Heyman by saying that Austin is so evil now, he turned his back on the WWF and stabbed everybody in the spine. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. To fully betray someone, you must remove the spinal cord and separate blood flow from the brain. It's like he's a predator. <laughs> <laughs> he's spraying him out, you know, little skulls and all that, yeah. Very fast-paced technical action from these two. Lance plays such a good foil as a heel, mm. and he does that rare thing where he's someone who is spectacular, fast-paced, but you're not ever going to worry about him out-flashing the baby face. I am in awe of Lance Storm, because his moveset and everything he does tells me that he should get over. But the moment I realised how clever he is is when he does a springboard like backflip off the ropes to silence, like there's not even the <laughs> slightest pop. He can do the most interesting offense and still make it look boring somehow. Like. Not since a young bull Buchanan. <laughs> <laughs> does that mean I'm? Does that mean I'm being worked then? Because I fucking hate Lance Storm. Really? I, what reason? Um, well, he's the man charisma forgot. There it is. Yeah, you like, are being worked. Like, yeah. But no, but but I know that he has got no charisma IRL as well. Yeah, he's a bit of a stick in the mud. But like, he can channel that. That's the thing. There's so like wrestling is full of uncharismatic guys who think they're cool. Mm. You know, test for fuck's sake. Like that's that's the archetypical wrestler who doesn't realize how fucking they've got a vacuum there. Yeah. Lance channels that and into it, a boring character. It's not though. But it's it's not vibe looking forward to a more enter- entertaining character to beat him though I just don't want to see Lance Storm oh. so it's, it's getting to X-Pac heat for okay. me with Lance Storm Crikey. really not digging Lance Storm damn Heyman points out that Lance Storm may talk trash but unlike the brash WWF competitors he doesn't use foul language <laughs> that's why he keeps going come on Edge come on Edge <laughs> did anyone notice that the ring was extra loud and clattery tonight no, I can't say I noticed. I, I think everything was a bit loud because I keep I kept getting distracted during like the first five minutes of this match. Did anyone else hear birds tweeting? Yes, birds what chirping. The, what the fuck is going on? Just constantly. I heard this birds. Match. I thought I was going mad. <laughs> Maybe they're like the most offbeat shenanigans were planned for this match. Like Ed's gonna have doves fly out or something. And something just went wrong at the last minute. I, I was just half like expecting a guy like on hard camera to like pull out a bag of owls or something. Like <laughs> I thought something was going on. Lance Storm is in total control of the match, and he's got like this almost scary quality to him. I think because he does. So much, what can be best described as slippy, slidey evasion, mm. where you think you got lads, but you can actually slide underneath your legs and stand up behind you. 
with the luck, with that slippy, slidey evasion, Lance is like one. Like she can show me a photograph of John Connor now, and then he's, he's full T one thousand, like you know. And T one thousand didn't suffer fools gladly, no. or take any offbeat shenanigans. That's right, yeah. You know, he hated the thumbs up. He would have been red in the face. Identical haircut. Now you're onto something here, Kevin. I'm telling you, what's the, the actor? Who Robert played? Patrick. If Robert Patrick, you know, could find work doing a Lance Storm. You know, uh, mm. if only anyone wanted to see a Lance Storm movie with a mid level actor like Robert. Yeah. Patrick. <laughs> older than him playing (laughs) this could be you Lance if you don't change your ways Storm goes for a springboard Egg catches some midair with a beautiful power slam this is very much like a match that's ahead of its time in some ways the big spots here are kind of the regular big spots you see now Mm -hmm. but at the time 17 years ago it's fucking fantastic Edge is a total star as well. The crowd are really behind him. They yeah, love the man. He is so over. You've got to think the company must be like looking at him as a potential top guy soon. Oh, yeah. Because he's so over. And I've never seen before. There's been done so many uh, breakups with teams from the Attitude Era. Outlaws, Legion of Doom, Hardys, you know, do it later on in 2001. The Dudleys. All the breakups are all shit. And they all ended up not working the way they should have in the mm. first case. Edge and Christian are the only one where it's like, Edge is the star, Christian's a creep, people like Edge will hate Christian. They just propped up Edge with Christian. Mm, yep. And Christian gets something out of himself as well, because he's the most interesting character on TV. Mm-hmm. My favourite wrestler in 2001. So, uh, mm. I tell you, I was in Toys R Us when I was like 12 or 13 at this time. And look at all the wrestling toys, it's all excited. And a guy came up and he's like, Who's your favourite wrestler? Man? And went, oh, yeah. Christian. Oh, <laughs> Didn't make a friend like so. Half crab by Lance Storm, much more vicious than the full Boston crab by Oh, absolutely. Edge gets to the ropes and then gets his own little half crab in there, oh. making a full crab. Awful half crab on Edge's part. Mutant crab. <laughs> I want the other half of the crab if that's the half that you're giving me, Edge, to be honest. Like, ref bump. Christian makes an appearance, interferes, and accidentally spears his own brother. Oh, just people hated this at the time. I'm reading the you know the forums and the reports. Everyone's like, "Oh, Christian's never going to turn heel." Mm. No patience for a fucking yeah. heel turn. I love it though. Slow little build. Ed still manages to kick out. Loads of dosy do reversals, and Ed just hits the execution out of nowhere. Picks up a big win. A match I loved. Sadly, last real featuring of Lance Storm in a singles role. They kind of forget about him quite quickly after this. Despite them constantly putting him over on commentary as being like the most athletic. But I love this match. This is one of my favourite sleeper matches ever. What do you guys think? Hell of an opener to the show. Like really fast, really snappy. Two very clear characters. Crowd really into it. Good start. Bill? Technically proficient. Boring. Oh! It's just this, this, like Lance... Lance Storm's way of wrestling is it just it isn't for me it's not what I go to in wrestling mm. it's just not my thing he's too methodical too yeah, kind of by the book I, still, I, need, I need silly stupid shit happening and it's just not happening with Lance Storm Lance Storm is literally if you look up the definition of straight arrow in the dictionary yeah. <laughs> there's a picture of Lance Storm going looking at the other words to make sure they're not doing any offbeat shenanigans really interesting thing about this match Intercontinental Championship was in the camp of the Alliance and has now been taken home by the up-and-coming star Edge. Heyman, JR, didn't even mention that as a thing. Mm-hmm. So the battle for Swords supremacy continues, and we don't really care as much about the ins and outs of it. And the thing is, over the, the weeks between each pay-per-view now, there are so many fucking titles. All the belts are getting swapped around and just dropped and changed between camps. 
it would have made sense to have some sort of like, here's how we're going to gauge it. Whichever side has the most belts gets to yes. fuck the show that week. Simple, like, like. Keep it very easy to understand and follow because then it would mean, well, it's a good good job we have all these belts. We can actually do something important with them. I remember like 2009 or 10 when they were like, they added SmackDown tag belts and there was the ECW world belts. We were like, oh God, there's so many new belts. It's like, at least they were spread out. Yeah. 2001 where your whole life as a fan, it's, these belts yeah. and all of a sudden there's three new ones mm-hmm. and their way to make it easier for you is get rid of women's wrestling <laughs> <laughs> right where is that gone oh yeah not a single match featuring a female tonight in any form no like, pathetic Trish Stratus has been injured and that basically in their mind means well there's no real women's division then is there Lee can get kicked by Ivory a few times instead <laughs> bollocks backstage test the Dan Dudley boys with Michael Cole We've kind of uh, decided that the Alliance wrestlers we like the most are the ones that are already wrestling, Lance. Yeah. Oh, I think at WCW, I think uh, no good crook Tess. Like, that <laughs> sort of a bitch. So Tess explains himself. He's turned heel. Uh, he had decent reasoning when the rumour was going around an invasion beforehand that there was the mole and they were leaking all the secrets. And the APA were like, we're going to find the mole and kill the mole. And they jumped to conclusions they counted their chickens before they hatched from their eggs because uh, they thought it was Tess because Tess was mates with Shane. They beat him up. And it wasn't. It was Heyman all along. Mm. So Tess basically came back and he's like, you all turned your back on me. Tess knows that I'm the cream rising to the top. So I'm the baddie now. Good reason. Good reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah good reason. I think it's wasted on Tess, but it makes sense. Tess has uh, got a bit of a pie mouth on him in this problem. Mm. Calls Michael Cole. A little bitch. Yeah. You take that back. He's a little shithead. And you know it. <laughs> and Bob Holly knows it. And more importantly, Michael Cole knows it. Take that back. So painful listening to Tess going on when Bubba Ray stood right next to him. Not like, allowed to say anything. Hand him the mic, please. Just being in this miserable Ugh. piece of... What? What was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> He says that the Dudleys defected to ECW because of Spike getting attention. But no, they didn't. Nothing yeah. to do with that ECW heritage or anything, then. Or them getting screwed out of their belts. Yeah. Like, no, it makes them seem so petty that Bubba Ray and Devon, these nasty fuckers, like, well, I mean, they're brilliant getting attention, so I'll go to another company then. <laughs> I think that's brilliant, though, because, like, that is something I can see those characters doing. It's like, we lost our belts. No, it was all, it was all Spike's fault. You like completely it. deflecting. I, th- I think it works well. I don't think it would work for many other characters, but I think the Dudleys, mm. this particular works. Yes. Blaming Spike for all their problems yeah. when they've lost their own belts and all of this. Backstage segments continue. Lillian Garcia backstage with Y2J, Chris Jericho. Chris, tonight you have got to be feeling the pressure. I mean, you've handled everything that Stephanie McMahon has thrown at you thus far. But tonight, you're facing the one guy you have yet to defeat. That's Rhino. Well, I appreciate you pointing that out to me, Vivian. You're right. Even though I've beaten almost every other WWF superstar, I've still never tamed the vicious Rhino. But you know how the old saying goes, there's a first time for everything. And you always remember your first time. I mean, take Stephanie McMahon Helmsley, for instance. I'm sure she remembers her first time. I'm sure it was quite a memorable experience for Stephanie and the captain of the football team, and the basketball team, and the swimming team, and the volleyball team, and the French club, and the Latin club, and the AV squad, and even for Olaf, the foreign exchange student. But I have to say, Stephanie's probably feeling extra specially confident tonight 
considering that she has the home field advantage. I mean, we are, after all, in the middle of the Silicon Valley. But I'm feeling quite confident tonight as well, because tonight, in front of every single Jericho-holic watching, I'm going to do something to Rhino that Stephanie has absolutely no concept of. I'm going to leave him flat. He's been having a little bit of fun at uh, Stephanie McMahon's expense, guys. Wait. We got a really weird, angry email from someone who's like, why, why didn't you talk about her breast implants? What's wrong with you? It's like, why didn't you talk about them? So she's had breast augmentation, for those of you who want to know. Can we maybe bleep that or something, Kevin? Because I think my snowflake ears are a bit, a bit too sensitive for this kind of stuff. <laughs> Sorry well, to let down the fan base, but... I've earmarked a, four, a tight 45 minutes for us to talk about the ins and outs of breast implants. <laughs> uh, I've got some cards and talking points prepared if you want to, guys. Or we can just get on with the rest of the show. <laughs> we do the actual show instead. Here, here, why don't we talk about breast implants? Well, we could talk about this. Chris Jericho had the Planet of the Apes appear from Planet of the Apes. You seen this, Billy? What? <laughs> you heard him. <laughs> Adam, please, take us a trip down memory lane. Jericho came out on SmackDown. It was like, I got some very special guests here tonight to see Stephanie McMahon. Please welcome the apes from Tim Burton's remake of The Planet of the Apes. A couple of apes come out. They came out to Kamala's music as well. Oh, jeez. In case you're ever wondering, like, oh, is Vince Man really that race? Yes, yes, he is. Never forget. Was it at least Tim Roth and Helen Helen <laughs> Carter? Did they get a tie-in? Was Marky Mark there? Jericho may have you believe it was them, but I'm oh. pretty sure. These were two of the background apes, clearly. Oh. Right? And the whole thing culminated... With Stephanie McMahon getting a pie in the face. She was very displeased that these apes had showed up. So you got Jericho, you got Stephanie covered in pie, and the two apes in full-on ape mode, like, flailing their arms around and dancing and shit. Which is out of character, because the apes in Planet of the Apes weren't like that. They were no, serious they were sensible folk. I, I think it would have been better if, like, she got pied in the face wiped off the uh, the cream from her face and just looked up and there was a big monkey version of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> You're a man that likes his Tim Burton remake. Well, well, there you go. Billy Cable has just spoiled the only... <laughs> a lot of people are going to watch that. The last good twist that was left in cinema. It's just going to sit there in the watch list now like a fucking idiot. Great. And the best thing about this, right, is that Jericho like, wrote about this in his book. He's like... I came to TV and they're like, yeah, the apes are going to come back. <laughs> and was like, yeah, all right. Like, and Earl Hefner's like dancing around the <laughs> And literally, when Jericho did it, and it's literally just like, here are apes, and you fuck you, Stephanie. And you're like, ah, this is so bad. I'm covered in pie, and there are apes. It doesn't get worse than this. Jericho swears it is the loudest and most sincerely he's ever heard Vince McMahon laugh in his entire <laughs> life. Of course. I'm not surprised. No, that makes perfect sense. So we got the tears there. Someone being pushed into a pool, which he's admitted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But suspected. When you see that person's face as they fall in, I'm getting hard just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm just getting hard thinking about Adam Biblo, thinking about me, thinking about Adam. <laughs> and he's got that. He finds very funny. And then there's also uh, Stutters is up there yeah, as well. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, right up at the top of that mountain, there is yeah. apes. Yeah. <laughs> is it a woman or his daughter specifically? I think it's specifically Steph. That makes it far spicier for him. Vince wanted to do this back in 83 for her birthday party, you know, when she was a young girl, but Linda talked him out of it. He's like, God, right, when she's when she's 31, though. <laughs> you owe me, Linda. <laughs> 
why is it that Jericho is allowed to do this with Steph? Fine like, question. Are they are they friends backstage? Do you think? Because I don't, I've not known anyone else. Because Jericho still does it to this day. Yeah. Mm. So he must have some sort of relationship with Steph where it's cool. Because no one else could do this now. I get the feeling Vince is behind it. Because I know what you mean. Like when they did that weird interview on the network where it was like Jericho doing a podcast with Steph. And they were kind of awkwardly like big corporate grins. Like, oh, I remember when I used to call you a filthy, rotten scab. They're not like, mates. I don't think they're buds at I all. I don't. Whenever Steph speaks highly of Jericho, she has that same look in her eye that she does when she's talking about Heyman. Where yeah. it's like, I'm saying as nice a thing as I can, but really I hate the guy. I think that this is my theory, right? Is this was Stephanie, just as she was kind of going from performer and position of power to one of the positions of power, you know, head of creative, yeah. which is what she assumes kind of around the late 2001, 2002 time. She's like head of, of creative. And I think a big part of it is her being able to show people I, I you know I'm a performer I can enjoy the I can take a joke yeah you know I'm made of strong stuff doesn't matter that I'm a woman it doesn't matter that I'm the boss's daughter it doesn't matter you know you might have preconceived notions about me say the worst thing as long as it gets a reaction just be like Vince yeah. yeah same way Vince will go out and take a chair shot and piss his pants I think Stephanie is like right I have to like that's the level I have to be mm. at I have to do everything nothing's off the table I'm a McMahon. I can be a, made a fool of on TV, but I have to take it on the chin, I guess. I'd like to think that's the reasoning. People yeah. write the stuff for Jericho. It gets a reaction. You know, it got Jericho over. Whatever we yeah, think about yeah, it now, know, yeah. it got him over. Mm. We're like a fucking gangbusters. Jericho says Stephanie had lots of sex as a teenager. Oh, she slept with everyone at school. Yeah. Take that, Stephanie. Ow. I hate her. Spike Dudley and the APA taking on the Dudley boys and Cress. Test cost APA the tag team titles. Now, in our cool recap, they managed to cut this in a way where Test looked like a total badass. They missed the fact that when he came in, did his big boot, his glasses literally got booted off his face. Yeah. <laughs> like, like spring-loaded. Like, he did a kick, and they went, Wing! and then he quickly put them back on. Like, thinking, yeah, I'm chasing up my cool sunglasses. Oh. I'm the Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> Should have so, known he was turning heel the second he came out in those shades, though. Those are such heel sunglasses. Absolutely. <laughs> Looks like he's such a bad dude. Just realise they've got separate entrance sounds as well. Yeah, yeah come out of separate sides. locker rooms though, isn't it, mate? So you got to keep them separated, building apart. They've uh, got rid of the ramp thing after Trish Stratus nearly like fucking paralysed herself on it last month. They've so. got plexiglass between, like, uh, directly in the middle <laughs> of gorilla position, like it's prison. <laughs> Backstage, they're all like like pouring at the glass, trying to get each other. <laughs> Damn alliance! I hate you so much. Paul Heyman says that Spike Dudley is a bully who victimizes larger men. <laughs> I love this. I love that Paul is trying to make out that the Dudley boys are like heroic and brave. No Standing up to their bully of a brother. <laughs> Lol at the three-man alliance team being three two-year-plus veterans of WWE. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, Sean Stasia, Canyon and Hugh Morris not booked tonight, lads. There's a fucking surprise. That trio didn't really go down so well, did they? Spike gets killed by Bubba. Oh. He flapjacks him on the ropes. He goes so high in the air. It's so great. I love, like... <laughs> it's horrible. Because I don't know how... Like, Spike is not someone I've heard that, you know, he's in constant pain every day. Da, da, da. He seemed to go out of rest and while the getting was good. Mm. Fuck me, I could watch this all day. He'd been thrown around yeah, like yeah. that. Like, when Tess is picking up, he's about to press something through the table. I'm like... 
fucking do it yeah <laughs> I love Spike but I want to see him get thrown around like a ragdoll mm. it's a spectacle Spike gets a double flapjack as well by the Dudley boys he gets up he gets raised up so high into the air I don't think anyone has fallen from a higher height in the ring without a prop yeah that's Spike Dudley as Spike hot tags Bradshaw, part of me expected him to come in and start hitting Spike as well. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> I'll show you how we do in the he's WWE. Like, he's like your man from Judge Dredd, he gets stuck on headbutt mode. <laughs> <laughs> Bradshaw, the Hoss, cleans Hoss, Housley. Sorry, cleans house, Hossley. He fucking power bombs Tess. He yeah. murders Tess. No push for you. <laughs> Dudley Dog gets reversed by Test. He fucks him off into the table, smashes into a million pieces. Oh, that looks genuinely so scary. What a bullseye. Yeah, good aim. Because did you ever see what La Resistance they brought in? They were like, they tried to bring in the 2003, like these two lads. One of them was like, you know, male model who's 19. He'd never wrestled in front of a big crowd. And they like to double choke something over the ropes and he had Spike in the back of the head. Like, they didn't <gasps> throw him far enough. Oh. And he broke his neck. Oh. And Test... He can't even see because Spike is over his face. Mm. He just throws him and perfectly, mm. like, you know, you're, you're throwing a fucking uh, rolled up piece of paper into a bin, except it's yeah. a human, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you can kill them. Amazing stuff. Clothesline from hell by Bradshaw, but the referee is nowhere to be seen. And Shane McMahon appears for our second interference spot, two in a row of the night. He lays Bradshaw out with the sickest chair shot I ever did see. Mm. And dances away. <laughs> Shane dances away. Alliance pick up the win. Bubba Ray goes, Wah! I love He's that. turning into Wario. They have been Oh, you see, he's like a fucking pig witch or something. Like, <laughs> pig witch. Camera right in his face, like. Wah! <laughs> he's like a whiz pig from Diddy Kong Racing. Like, <laughs> you know, proper whiz pig on that euphoric trance. Backstage in the WF zone, everyone's become upset, and Big Show in the furore, in the fury, has become shirtless. It's just kind of like vibrating lots, like a big hairy washing machine. Egg is being congratulated though by his compatriots. Christian slithers in and ruins the fun by announcing <laughs> that he's challenging Matt Hardy, who's right there, to a title match on Raw. It's like, yeah, then I'm going to beat him. Way! <laughs> the running gag of Christian not being able to get on with groups of people mm. is so funny. Yeah, he plays it very well. They did this thing once where it was like the acolytes are all playing cards backstage and everyone's there. I mean everyone. Like, S.A. Rios and Pete Gas are there, you know. Everyone, it's a, it's fucking poker night at the Inventory 4 with Sunday Night Heat. <laughs> and Christian's there as well. And it seems like he's getting on. Everyone's telling stories. And Christian's like, yeah, that reminds this one time where me and Edge jumped the Dudley boys from behind. We totally laid them out with chairs and they never saw it coming. And everyone goes quiet. And I'm like, why would you say that? He's like, oh, I'll get my cow. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Vuvuzelas in the crowd tonight. Great. Here he comes. Mate, Sean Stasiak, everyone. Hey, Deborah, is Stone Cold around? Have you thought about knocking? I cannot believe you just walked in here like this. Oh, sure, uh, sorry. Hey, you know, I was just thinking the last couple of weeks I've kind of screwed up in, in terms of impressing Steve, you know, but I figured out what it was. It's these tights. They're bad luck. I mean, look at them, Deborah. I got stars in the front. They're pink for one thing. On the back it says Mecca. I don't even know what Mecca means. You know what? You know, I, I really don't care what Mecca means. And I really don't think Stone Cold would care what Mecca means. I mean, 
Have you thought about that Steve is preparing for a really important match tonight? Oh, absolutely. For the WWF Championship? Absolutely. I mean, he's representing the Alliance. You and I are both in that. Well, sure. You know that. Yeah. Well, why are you in here bugging me, looking for him? Well, I mean, he's going against Kurt Angle, an Olympic gold medalist tonight. A very, very important match. Well, of course, but you know, I'm just trying to impress Steve. You know what I'm thinking? If you give me some insight on the tights, maybe the you colors. Know, you know, stop right here. You know how you can impress him? You can go kick some butt. Why don't you go do that? And you know what? Next time, why don't you knock? So why don't you go and do that? He thinks, guys, he's figured out what exactly is wrong with his whole wrestling career. His tights, they say Mecca. I don't even know what that means. Why the fuck does Sean Stasiak have the word Mecca on his ass? Not even he knows, allegedly. Why the fuck? Is there literally no reason? <laughs> no, there isn't. Because this made me furious. <laughs> it's WCW, they're all about muscles and money. It's someone else's trunks, clearly, like they're second hand. He wore them in WCW. Fuck off. What's it? And he's only just questioning them now. Yeah, he doesn't understand. He's having an existential crisis. He's having a meat life crisis, Adam. <laughs> I don't get the point of this segment at all, except to bury Sean Stasiak. Oh, there's a lot of that going on. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that going yeah. on. Anytime he appears on camera, you get like, it's like the big dogs bark. People Love it. When Austin took over as the head of the Alliance, there was a bit where he went backstage and was trying to curry favour with Austin. Like, you know, Canyon's got a shirt which says, like, who better than Austin, you know? And he's like, and when I say my catchphrase from now on, I'll say, who better than Canyon other than Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> That'd be my new catchphrase. And one time, mate went backstage and he's like, Mr. Austin, I'm a huge fan. You've inspired me so much. I want to let you know that I'm here to whatever you want for the Alliance. And Austin's like, God damn, you got a hell of a body there, kid. You ever thought about getting into the business of professional wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> like, tall, like, not a character, like, podcast, Steve Austin, yeah. normal. The business of professional. You want to go down to Whole Foods with me and talk about it? <laughs> they just make fun of him. Yeah. He's a putz. Yeah. They Why did they invite him back? To make fun of them. It's unbelievable. They are starved for good guys on their yeah. roster. And I don't like Sean Stasiak, but you could at least give it a go. I think the fact that he fucked up pretty much immediately on camera. I mean, we talked about it before in yeah. previous episodes, the WrestleMania 17 debacle. Yeah. He literally ruined the invasion. You could make An argument can be made that me ruined the invasion. Yeah. They soured everyone on us. And he's around. He's... Got him there for a year or two. They made fun of him for a year, then they let him go, and he's never been back since. Mm. His dad was Stan the Man Stasiak. Yep. JR is so ashamed he doesn't even bring up that fact anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why did Deborah have so many documents? Yeah, what's her deal? What the fuck is her deal? Seriously, what is her deal? She is Steve Austin's wife and confidant, and now she is pretty much. Seemingly on equal footing with like Heyman, Shane, Steph. She's in all the backstage segments. She's there. She's a heel. Yeah, she she's a proper heel now. Like she says nasty things and she acts really terrible on occasion. But she is apparently important in some way, and we and don't know why. They also play up sympathies with Deborah as well a lot of the time. And I'll be honest, I'll say it right now. Um, it makes me dreadfully uncomfortable watching some of these fucking Raws and Smackdowns where you've got Steve Austin as a heel to try and get heel heat. Barking at Deborah, yeah. like, what the hell are you doing going back? And it's just, you know, you can Google it and find out, folks, but it's really, really, really awkward. Yeah. 
including the time where they opened up a whole episode of SmackDown with an in-ring segment with Deborah and Steve Austin. Remember that one, Adam? Mm-hmm. You want to tell people what happened there? Just when Deborah made a big tray full of cookies. She did. Deborah made a tray full of Deborah's famous Deborah cookies. Mm, might be really good if they are, Billy. Yeah. But Stone Cold, he takes a bite of one and his face, the fucking sour look on his face. Remind me who is it that actually who else that tries one and actually enjoys it? Um, it's like Stacey Keeber tried them, didn't she, or someone like that? So Some it starts off as a big in-ring segment and it continues as a storyline throughout the whole episode of SmackDown or whatever it is. And I swear you're gonna have to help me out on this. I swear Stacey enjoys the cookies. Yes. Austin makes it very clear that Deborah's cookies are terrible. Stacey tries one later and she's like, Oh, great job, Deborah, these are really good. And then that pisses Austin off further, if I'm not mistaken. It also culminates with her beating him over the head with a tray full of cookies. And then, like, literally going right in her face like he's about to fucking attack her. Mm. It's awful. It's so bad. And it takes up, like, a third of the SmackDown. (laughs) And Austin's got a crazy heel character at the moment, which we'll talk about later. And I love it. But the stuff with Deborah is the most cringe. Like, even if you don't know about the fact that there's, like, domestic abuse shit between those two. I mean, even if you don't yeah. know that, it's cringeworthy. When you do know that, it's it's worse than some of, some of the Benoit stuff, you yeah. know? Because it's very hard to separate yourself from that when all you know is he's paid a lot of money to lawyers so it can never be spoken of again. Yep. And that's that. Anytime anyone's asked about it on the podcast... It gets shut down, mm. like, straight away. No one's allowed to talk about that. So, there you go. Mm. Deborah gives some advice to young upstart Sean Stasiak. She tells him to go kick some butt. Yeah, that's how we do it in the Alliance. Kick some butt. Coming up next, shite heavyweight title and snoozerweight championship <laughs> on the line. <laughs> X-Pac taking on Tajiri. X-Pac, the most hated man in either company. Yeah. Adam, I decided to be nice, and uh, instead of giving you a gag match, I'm giving you a, a, a really good match. Yeah, a match to be excited about. Thank there you, you go. Thank Scraps you from the table of covering matches. <laughs> <laughs> so it's title for title, obviously. When X-Pac comes out, you can just about hear the Uncle Cracker music over the deafening booths. Yeah. Like, the heat is unimaginable. Is it X-Pac heat or Uncle Cracker heat that we're getting at this moment in time? I think it's the perfect marriage of the two, Kevin. I thought the way they could have made this worse is that if X-Pac had Smash Mouth as his entrance music... (laughs) Somebody once told me the world is good. I hate the sharpest tool in the shed. Ah! Sorry, I gave myself nightmares like in the future. Oh, God. So X-Pac is the WCW Cruiserweight Champion. Tajiri has the WWF Light Heavyweight Belt. And at the start of the match, Tajiri poses with the head belt and they're both given to the ref. And then X-Pac's like, no way, I want to pose with the Light Heavyweight Belt as well. He holds that up, <laughs> even though it's not fucking his. You and JR made just a random announcement about their pay-per-view deals changing. No. They're off DirecTV. So Jim Ross is like, by the way, folks, if you're watching on DirecTV, ain't gonna be no more WWF pay-per-views on DirecTV. This is the last one. If you watch on any other pay-per-view provider other than DirecTV, you're fine, but you won't watch WWF pay-per-view on DirecTV anymore. And that's it, like... Be personally upset about that. It just... Bit, like. they, why even mention it? It's like, yeah. you know, they'll find a way to watch your shows, don't worry. They'll find a way to part with their fucking $60. Yeah. <laughs> so, pretty nice start to the match. Both men attempting and missing running strikes, and they clearly have very good chemistry straight away. Some seriously impressive chain wrestling that I won't even begin to try to describe, because it's very complex. 
but basically they're flipping around with each other and grappling their asses off straight away. And it's getting over as well with the crowd. Yeah, which they're actually into it. You know, the actual when people did that, it was to like confused silence and a few gasps. <laughs> X Park is the absolute master of showboating. Oh yeah. my god, he's, yeah. the, he's got it down to an art form here because he keeps getting carried away and he'll hit like one minor little offensive move, maneuver and he'll stop and be like, yeah, it reminds me of Owen. So yeah, much yeah, of this totally, match, in a different definitely. Way, like. I'm a. I can say I. You couldn't have found a wrestler I hated more in 2001 than X Pac. Mm-hmm. And even when we went back and we did Attitude Era, his character got so creepy in 2000 that again I was like, I fucking hate X Pac. Mm-hmm. But watch him here. He's just. He knows he's getting that heat. Yeah, and he's he's loving every second of the heat. He's milking it like yeah. as you would. He's still with the WWF at this point as well, yes. right? Now I think that makes him even more annoying. Yeah. At this point, I'd just be like, "All right, I hate you. Can you fuck off to the other team, please? Yes. So we don't have to see you anymore." Like he's almost like when Jericho was in WCW originally as a heel, and he was like the only heel who didn't join the NWO. Mm. Like he was offered to, and he said, "No, actually, I don't." He told them that he didn't want to do it, and it was just here's this annoying guy who's on our sides, yeah. and he's just so fucking annoying. We don't want him, can you take him? Like, And not to take away from El Tajiri there, I was having to think about this. From WrestleMania 17, now granted we missed a month or two, but has a new character who only appeared after WrestleMania 17, after our big run ended essentially. Has anyone gotten as over as Tajiri? No, I'd be really hot. I mean, Rhino only just came in before we finished, so you can't count him, but I think but you're right. Rhino, Rhino's a big dude who they yeah. like. They like big yeah, monsters. That's true. He's a Japanese wrestler who never... I mean, look at how they handled Taka, for fuck's sake, mm. who's arguably as good a wrestler as yeah. Tajiri. But Tajiri just connected with people, with the comedy, the backstage yeah. segments. Well, I'll say this quietly so Jim Cornette's head doesn't explode, but maybe being funny is actually beneficial in wrestling. You know what I found when I laugh... Um, I get a nice feeling inside. Yeah. Oh, no, you see, now whenever I laugh at a wrestling character, I mean, like, <laughs> I don't take him seriously anymore. I hope he loses every When, when Jim Cornette starts laughing at a wrestling thing, he starts farting blood or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> 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 that look at a red mist just starts spraying out of him, like, so maybe he just doesn't enjoy comedy and wrestling. So X-Pac keeps celebrating over every minor victory and Tajiri keeps clocking him for it. Get more grappling, which ends in Tajiri giving X-Pac a lovely Hurricane Rana to the outside, followed by a springboard moonsault. Like, oh! it's nothing. Just throws it out there. Future wrestling, because honestly, it's like, there's stuff you see here which you don't see in WWE in like 2004 and five. Yeah. Like, you know, they stop doing this and then they do it again later. <laughs> Probably too much nowadays, like... Back in the ring, X-Pac gets a very, very wobbly surfboard stretch on Tajiri. Eventually, they manage to straighten it out, but it starts off kind of ropey. And I don't know, I'd like to think that Tajiri wasn't responsible for that, because he's pretty solid. Some of them doesn't know the secret handshake for the secret society of amazing wrestlers. <laughs> he has to let go, because X-Pac's shoulders are down, which is quite good. I never noticed that before in a surfboard. The person who's actually doing it is putting their shoulders down. Oh, referee's of counting him, so good. he has to let go. Tajiri goes for another Hurricane Rana, but X-Pac counters it into a sit-out powerbomb. And straight away, X-Pac is like, fuck it, and he gives up on the grappling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, it's one of those things we <laughs> see with like, Kurt Angle versus Benoit, where at first it's like, okay, I'm going to try and outdo you, I'm going to prove I'm better. The next part of is like, fuck this, and he starts kicking him and hitting him <laughs> around the head. He goes for the Bronco Buster, but Tajiri moves at the very last second, and X-Pac just falls into the tree of woe. 
and then fucking Tajiri gives him a baseball slide to oh, the face. So fucking great. <laughs> fucking horrible. There was a moment when a mate of mine who was mad at Tajiri was like, oh, look, he just slaps his leather pants. That's how he makes those noises. And I was like, oh, I was just like, this is like when someone told me that eating lint is like eating butter. This is just like, it's ruined us <laughs> fundamentally forever. But you know what? It's still good. It's still good. He means lint chocolate as well, not the lint out of the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to get people tweeting in saying Kevin's a freak. <laughs> so an angry selfie mouth covered in lint. What the fuck kind of podcast is this? I hate you. So Jerry starts making a comeback and the pace begins to pick up again. He gets X-Pac in the tarantula and gets a really fucking good top rope crossbody. Like, oh, which baby. is a move that normally doesn't look that impressive because it's just a flying crossbody. But Tajiri gets some crisp height on it. The only thing I didn't like was that Tajiri stopped going, Yew! when he does cool moves Needs like that. more grunts. Yeah. I, was, I had high hopes for the grunts in this match and I was let down by both men. X-Pac goes up top, but Tajiri stops him. And it looks like we're going to get a top rope Hurricane Rana, but instead he backflips off the top turnbuckle. Whoa! Lands on his feet, and I'm going to have to try very hard to describe this next part. So, X-Pac's still on the top rope. Tajiri goes under X-Pac's feet and hooks them under his armpits. Slams X-Pac backwards onto the mat without letting go of the legs. Ow. Then, still being hooked in, he grabs X-Pac's wrists and rolls the whole contraption over into some sort of weird wheelbarrow pin. Like, like some sort of man machine yeah. they've made. I'd never seen this pin before. It was really fucking weird. It was like a Walls of Jericho, but his shoulders are down. Like, it's really weird looking. He can't keep X-Pac's shoulders down for long enough, so he catapults him back into the turnbuckle and then catches him in a fucking huge German suplex. Oh, baby. Honestly, I could watch... This match could have gone on for another 10 yeah, minutes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's only a short match. Like, it's, the way it's on there, it seems like it's this fucking epic long war, but the fact is they use so much of their time. They're so little downtime yeah it's big fucking weird shit you don't see normally and it's spectacular well, when you gave me this match to cover I was like ah oh, nice short match this would be nice and easy but I was constantly pausing it because <laughs> yeah. there is so much action going on here a nice little thing is that every single time X-Pac's hand even goes slightly above his head that immediately the boos are there like, <laughs> yeah. you get it all the way up and people are booing him like X-Pac throws Tajiri into the ropes and Tajiri does that awesome, I don't know how you Handspring elbow thing. Yeah, Handspring yeah. elbow off the ropes. Yeah, I fucking love that. X-Pac goes down to try and dodge it but Tajiri ends up tripping over him and it's the one sort of blown bit of the match. Mm, that, yeah. Because everything else was so crisp and so snappy this really did stand Yeah, out. yeah. That was your running hot like... X-Pac gets back up and hits him with the X-Factor, but Tajiri fucking kicks out! Did no one kicks out of the X-Factor! Did you hear JR's call of the X-Factor? No. He's talking to Paul, and then he just goes, and there was the X-Factor. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he pays it no mind whatsoever. Fucking Disrespect, hell. mate. He's Team WWF, at least call his finisher properly. Yeah. <laughs> So Tajiri kicks out of Xbox finisher and Albert makes his way down the ramp. The moil of misery is making his presence known. So fucking gutted that this is what Albert's reduced to. It's the start of a big push at the beginning of this angle. <laughs> I really just, weird. I just yeah. love how we're really against it, then the next pay-per-view we're all over it and then it was done. I know. Yeah, <laughs> they turned us around. So on fucking it. like typical of the WWF yeah. to do that. It's it's funny because I think a lot of there's a lot of collateral damage with the booking here. And people always go, oh, the WCW guys got booked so bad. But it's like, you know what, they're going to get booked bad anyway. Yeah. Guys like Albert, who, if there wasn't this push going on for these new WCW lads, he was an exactly the poster child for, victim of too many guys coming in. Yeah. We can't yeah. have everyone getting pushed to the WWF side, so Albert just gets forgotten about. Mm. And that sucks, because he never got the run he should have. No, no. 
And I didn't think he should have had a push at first, but honestly, when I saw what was happening, what he was capable of, I really thought they could have gone much further with it. So he comes out, Tajiri is gearing up to hit a big old buzzsaw on Axe Park, but when Albert jumps on the apron, Tajiri turns around and, like, quick as a flash, missed right in Albert's face. Like, it's like he's not even conscious of doing it, it's just an automatic reflex. Yeah, like a squid inking someone, like, <laughs> But sadly, that means Axe Park gets to hit the low blow when the ref's not looking. Quick X Factor, one, two, three. Fun as fuck. What a match. What a great little match. And as if it wasn't all like a great bunch of fun, flippy, high athleticism, fast wrestling, the best part is at the very end we get to see Albert covered in red mist, looking like a newborn baby. There's like rules about how young a baby can be that you can use on camera. And I always think it's my favourite thing when I'm watching anything with Joe and it's like Oh, your know, character's given birth. Like, here's your baby. They have to have like a one-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> My job is like, Albert, here I am. I'm your baby. The world's biggest skyscraper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a match. The perfect antidote for 2000 X-Pac malaise is 2001 post-ironic X-Pac malaise. <laughs> Beautiful. We cut to WWF New York. <laughs> it's the center of the universe. Here's Perry Saturn. I'm sad you can see the clip of someone showing him in like you go here what you know so Perry was given a big choice to make alright I have to take my time with this folks because this angle gets built up over three fucking months (laughs) (laughs) it's one of the linchpins of the invasion saga to be honest yeah right Perry Saturn got a load of concussions and started fucking a mop well there's a you know there's been some fucking forks in their old lads you know oh another what a tangled tale we weave this rich tapestry of Americana Terry was annoyed that Perry kept going gaga over a mop instead of her because she's Terry and she's like she'll be the envy of any man in the WWF so she's like Terry you have to pick it's me or the mop now that was her first mistake never give him a choice <laughs> like it's it's me it's why Terry would you do, go oh me or the mop like your equivalents yeah make it a nice open thing you can have a three way relationship going a nice little triad between the three of them just like don't be like okay it's either me a human being or the mop <laughs> you know the one or the other of course Perry's gonna go for the mop he can understand the mop it's a lot easier for Perry and they had one of the most awkward fucking wrinkles to this ever so Terry is like me or the mop and Perry is really sad. Goes Moppy and just grabs her and hugs her. And Terry's like, "Fine, <laughs> fuck this." The next week, Terry was in WWF New York, and Jr. was like, "Well, folks, I don't know if you seen it last week, but Terry got dumped for a mop." Terry, how did that come about? She's there, like all like sad and shaking on her own, looking kind of sad. And Paul Heyman's like, "Excuse me, one minute, Jr. Excuse me, Terry Runnels." What is wrong with you? Are you blind? Can you believe that you're so uncharismatic and hideously ugly that your own boyfriend, Perry Saturn, would pick a mop instead of being with you for the second longer? You made me sick, Ted! She's like, ah! And runs off crying. And then she joins the Alliance. Wow. So she joined the Alliance after Heyman browbeat her yeah. for being like subhuman scum in his words essentially it is the most harrowing fucking like okay have the gag that Perry's picked him up don't be like she's a fucking idiot as well let's have a go at Terry so Perry is sad because the mop has gone missing and well we're in love 
So um, he's, he's, he's got her face on a milk carton like she's a missing child. I really hope the American Dairy Council actually went with this. Like, you know, they're like, oh shit, there's a mop missing. Let's, <laughs> let's print this shit off, like, you know. Oh. So it's kind of a, a bit sad there. My favourite bit of this, though, is when William Regal trying to get Perry's head on straight made his own mop. He's like, <laughs> no, you know, no, Dad, not like that mop. Oh, fucking hell, Dad, you ruined it again, like. Oh. Is there a chance this wasn't a storyline and this was real life? Because I've never wanted something more oh, to be real no. life than this storyline. You've seen the, the thing about Perry, you know, the Perry Saturn goes nuts on a jobber, that whole clip on YouTube. Mm. It was like the old mm. famous Botchamania clip yeah. kind of where there's a jobber on like metal or jacked and he does a dropkick to Perry and he can hear him go, he tried to fucking kill me and just beats the shit out of him yeah. and stiffs him. This is punishment for that. Mm. Right, there, okay. Uh, gets lots of TV time, but he really gets made out to be fucking like, like really mentally challenged. It's really awkward. Every time I see Perry on any of the Raws or Smackdowns, I immediately hear your voice, Billy, go, Perry, no! <laughs> <laughs> I just, because this is like, affected him like his career forever yes. when you think of Perry Saturn you think of Moppy mm-hmm. like there's no way you can think of Perry Saturn the amazing technical wrestler I get oh, yeah. punishing a guy for doing something like that but this is like a permanent blemish it yeah. is you can't get rid of this because like. we are on the Smackdown crawl we just got to a point where the radicals have come in mm. on Smackdown like Perry Saturn has like a showcase match against Grandmaster Sexy and we are like Gosh, look at this guy doing these cool moves. Mm-hmm. Even the announcers like don't know what to make him with his really unique look and his tattoos and his crazy stare. And he just don't like. I watched that episode like two days ago, and I still just think Perry Saturn, yeah, Moppy, silly idiot, yeah, big hat, yeah, and it's never gonna go away. It's like they punished him to the extent that they made you actively think about anything other than his wrestling ability mm-hmm. and his skill and his matches. And Perry Saturn's a fucking hoss. Yeah. Such a good wrestler. That's the thing. It's one thing to bury someone like Sean Stasiak that can't really work, but Perry Saturn is fucking amazing. Deserves it. Like, yeah. deserves more than that. Definitely. Backstage, Stephanie McMahon in an old Irish rinky-dink Halloween costume. You're going as the black ghost of, on Puka Dove this year, Stephanie. <laughs> Wear this bin bag. Oh. I was going to say she's like very much turning into Rita Repulsa. <laughs> I was kind of fixed with the alliance already because Lance Storm's already got the uh, charisma of a putty. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> the L in the middle of a vision. <laughs> legs, like, you know. So, Steph's in a bin bag with Rhino. She's uh, basically wanting Rhino to beat up Chris Jericho because I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Not as much as I hate Planet of the Apes, Steph, but uh, <laughs> we get it. Rhino says that he is going to do a big win because they pointed out Chris Jericho has not pinned Rhino at all. Yeah. In the three months he's I been say, here. I don't get why they're making this up to be a big deal. Rhino's not been around that long. I don't know. They're, they're pushing Rhino, though. Yeah, well, I'm sure Jericho's never managed to beat Takamichinoku before now. Maybe we can make that into an angle. Chris like. Jericho, how many pinfall wins over the master of the commute, Pete Gas, have you got? <laughs> huh? Sledge is coming for you, boy. You better watch yourself. Coming up next, it is Rhino versus Chris Jericho. We got a recap of the feud. You are definitely the most filthy... Oh. I want you to shut Chris Jericho's mouth for good. 
Can you feel it? was Rhino retconning the set for Smackdown he gored Jericho through the Ovaltron and that's why we got the big fist and if you got the big fist it means you gotta have the beautiful people by Marilyn Manson mm. Wait, I'd like to think that Rhino gored Jericho through the thing and in response the fist popped out of the top of the <laughs> that was a load bearing Tron you idiot <laughs> that Galactus has been released I really enjoyed the line in this at SummerSlam I'm going to take care of that smelly greasy nasty animal I'm going to get you too, Rhino. That is a, that is a great yeah, line. That actually that got a real a, That is a brilliant line. I don't know. They've not questioned her having sex as a teenager, so it doesn't really hit home, you know? It's not a proper burn. Don't forget the other one. Let the boobies hit the floor. Oh, that's funny. Because when you have fake boobs, they... Fall around, yeah, aren't they? Big boobs. She's got big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> big kitchen. <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice to know when I'm sitting around these cackling Englishmen here. You could have been a lot worse future. You could have been horrible men. You know that. You've got, yeah. the, you've got the voices and the ability to be horrible, horrible Englishmen. <laughs> <laughs> lads, lads, lads. This is the real earth. The mask just slips everywhere. Yeah. And then, like... Heyman trying to justify the pairing of Rhino and Stephanie, which is universe mode at best. Like, <laughs> Why do you even need to justify it? Stephanie wants Jericho dead. Rhino is there and on their side. You don't need to justify it. Just Easy. Like, Steph just walking up to him. Kill this bloke. Okay. I'm oh, your boss. Yeah. Come on now. The last ECW champion. It is only fitting that he accompanies the owner of ECW to the ring, JR. Only mention of her own in ECW. Yeah. You know. YGJ keeps Rhino at bay as he attempts to take control early on in the match. Stephanie grabs his foot now and then. She's very actively involved in this, you know, almost to the detriment of the match. Yeah. I think Rhino, like, if they're building him to be this guy that Jericho, oh, he might not be able to beat him. It's like he's, he will be able to beat him. It's just Stephanie is stopping that inevitable exactly, process yeah. from occurring. Cross body to the outside by Jericho gets reversed into a gore by Rhino. The, the tiniest little gore, so perfect. It is. It's like it's so little. It's like right out of a video game where it's like you reversed them, boom, bang, it's just there, quick on the floor, little yeah. gore. Crowd go ape shit for it. They're a great crowd here tonight. Yeah, it's really very, great. Very, very I'm uh, I'm sorry if I ruin this match for you. Oh no! Here we go. This. Here we but go. rewatch this match, just thinking that Rhino has needed to shit as soon as he's come out onto the ramp. Look at the faces that Rhino <laughs> pulled. Oh no! That's, this. that's like, every Rhino match. Someone like, like, you like didn't it, say no, you were gonna he, do that. He prop in this match in particular. He proper looks like he's been holding in a poo <laughs> since he's come from Gorilla. He just realised like, on his way properly out. Properly on his way out. He looks or, so uncomfortable. It could be that he's only got a little poo. 
and a really big fart in him. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie's been backstage with him the whole night and he can't, you know... Gotta be polite in front of the boss. Right, now he's a big balloon man mm. wrestling slowly and carefully. JR and Paul argue for some good time about whether Rhino would look best wearing WWF colours or Alliance colours. What are Alliance oh, colours? Yeah. Black, grey, red fellas. Stasiak had pink on earlier, I guess. Uh, WWF colours are literally black and red. Yeah. And white. Yeah. yeah. Alliance colours are red, black. Purple. Purple, silver. Yeah, yeah really? Are going to count that? Vinyl leather by the looks of Stephanie <laughs> and most of the Alliance team who wear leather. I don't know. <laughs> Stephanie slaps him so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, she fucking clatters his ear. I wouldn't be surprised if she knocks someone out one of these days doing that yeah. like, and ruins the whole spot altogether. I'm reading a lot of the newsletters and stuff from the time. Jericho's been working hurt a lot recently. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, there's all these, like, rumours, like, from the newsletters I'm reading at the time that he's got, you know, concussions and he's banged up and he's dealing with lots of nagging injuries and stuff like that because... Jericho, since WrestleMania 17, has been working like ridiculous schedules. Well, he's, he's, he's had to replace Benoit, though, because yeah. it's the exact same schedule that Benoit was doing before his injury. And Angle is hurt, and Austin's yeah. hurt, so they're still wrestling quite seldomly for matches on TV. Airplane TKO by Rhino. Wow. Beautiful. But be careful, though, young Rhino. If you invoke Mark Merrow three times in a mirror, he'll appear behind you and motivate you. TKO time. <laughs> He misses the money shot, which was the silliest thing in the world, particularly now that you mentioned he looks like he needs to do a poo. <laughs> oh that's, that's, that's when the little fart comes out there. <laughs> like, hey, you don't land colon first on the body splash. It's just bad times. <laughs> Standing lion salt by Chris Jericho, who nearly ends up killing himself. Yeah, yikes. That was... The closest shave I think I can remember him ever taking. Has he ever done that before? I, I can't remember him doing that. I, I know there was a time before where he went to do the lion salt and the ring rope broke and he landed really close oh, yeah. to the back of his head. But that was like, if he didn't really hoof himself into the full moonsault yeah. position. Remember that clip? It's the one which is like, when you first watch wrestling botches, it's like, oh, there's a man in a mask doing the SIE moonsault. He landed right on his head like a silly bugger. Mm. That guy got, like, paralyzed oh, from yeah. that. Jesus. So, that, like, that force, back of your neck, on your yeah. head. Mm. Whoa. Well, he, he almost did it with that match with Perfect, didn't he? Yeah. And Perfect oh, yeah. had to save him. Fucking crazy. Steph starts hugging the referee randomly, but peculiar. Y2J then goes and very, very aggressively kisses Stephanie. Yeah, go Y2J! Yeah, do it do it for all the lads, yeah. Chris. Now, bear this wording in mind at the next pay-per-view. That's got to be more humiliating than anything physical that Chris Jericho could do to Stephanie, which he would never do anyway. Okay. So Jericho, right, in JR's mind, right, he's kissing her. Because he's not going to hit her. Because no. he wouldn't do that. He's a gentleman. He's not going to like, hit her. No, it's fine to force a kiss on a woman as long as you don't hit her. <laughs> he's like, he said it in kind of a, and don't you start, Paul, because before you think that's wrong, it's not because he didn't hit her. Yeah. Which he wouldn't do anyway, or even try to do. Remember that next month at Unforgiven? Right? I, I do kind of get the feeling with Jericho's character at this moment in time. I just can't help but feel it's like the picking on the girl you fancy in the playground yeah it's so I, 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 like that that's yeah. really what it feels like but obviously they're <laughs> never going to do that with Jericho and Steph but that's really I, I doubt they'll ever do that with Jericho and Steph but that's really how it comes across to mm-hmm. me 
As in Chris Jericho is Helga and Stephanie is football head. Move it, football head. Well, Helga wouldn't do anything to Arnold anyway. We all know that. The one good thing about that spot is Steph sells it brilliantly. Like she's at ringside going like... (laughs) Like a bloater from Left 4 Dead. (laughs) Rhino, big moment here. Kicks out of the Lion Soft. Big reaction for that. Mm. And then he locks in the walls of Jericho. It's one of those very awkward moments where someone does their opponent's finisher better than their opponent. Yeah, Rhino does a good uh, walls of Jericho. Rhino's like, remember the way you used to do this? Like, (laughs) everyone was good. Kids on the playground... This is what they emulate, not your fucking low Boston crowd. Oh, I dropped my keys. <laughs> the gore gets reversed into the walls of Jericho by Chris. YGJ picks up a win. Pod and match never really got going. And it's so silly that they spent all this time for like two weeks basically. Like, right, it was the man. He's the man. He's the man. Oh, he lost. Yeah. Next month. In between here and Unforgiven, it's again, Rhino's the man because he beats The Rock in a match and no one's pinned The Rock since WrestleMania 17. Rhino's the man. You can't have your cake and eat it, lads. He's either the man or he's fucking losing when he's got an advantage. And he lost when he had the advantage. I really think he should have won here. Yeah, It wouldn't have hurt Jericho at all to lose this. And it will really help to legitimise Rhino more. Like Jericho never wins. That's the whole thing. Like he's yeah. the guy. Like he's the closest to Foley in terms of the loss-absorbing. Always will be over. Mm. He could have easily picked up a win for fucking from Rhino here. Because the way they built up this stupid feud, it did make me think. Well, obviously Rhino's going to win here, and they're going to carry on doing this thing of "You can't beat me, Chris." Get in his head. I, the only explanation I have is that they must be eyeing up Jericho to be one of the top guys not long after the invasion because he is he is going to get a big main event push eventually Triple H ain't here at the moment yeah, so. like literally yeah I think they're just eyeing him up like we're going to need to keep him strong Like they're eyeing it up so Triple H can come back and go nah <laughs> <laughs> not really <laughs> backstage he's back the people's champion the electrifying one himself it's The Rock he's with Chili Willy Regal I know what happened to you last Thursday I mean are you sure you're hun- whoa 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 Are you sure that The Rock is 100% tonight after what happened to The Rock last Thursday? Just check. Yeah, The Rock did get rock bottom through a table. Is The Rock hurt? Yeah, you're damn right he's hurt. Is The Rock down? Yeah, damn right he's down. But The Rock is here, SummerSlam! You think Booker T managed to keep The Rock out of SummerSlam? First time back, pay-per-view. The only thing that Booker T managed to do to The Rock was piss The Rock off. The Rock asks you a question. What's that? Do you hear it? Yes, I can hear that quite clearly. Let The Rock ask you another question. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Do you feel the electricity in the air? Because you're standing right next to the next WCW champion. Yes, I can feel it, yes. Let The Rock ask you one more question. What's that? Do you smell it? Smell what? You don't smell that? Smell what? (laughs) Smell what The Rock is cooking. Best of luck to you. Is he 100%? 
Because he got a rock bottom through a table on Raw, so he mightn't be 100%. You mean the bookend, surely. Sorry, the bookend. Yeah. <laughs> Get that straight now. Every single time in Meltzer and Alvarez's newsletters, when The Rock does the rock bottom, they go, oh, yeah, you do your naggy. You're a Fucking smart. It's the fuck. <laughs> yeah, so Austin hit the three quarter sit out uh, neckbreaker. Um, you know. It's got like a sitting ace crusher. You know. Call it its name, guys. Can you hear it? Can you smell it? Can you feel it today? If you can't, we'll be doing it anyway. Stop it. Sean Stasiak attempts to hit him. I had no fucking idea what happened here. <laughs> That's why they point out Mecca so you can identify him no, from the back. Because, like, because like, he's obviously. he's He's taking Deborah's advice of attacking someone. Yeah. Rock just stands out the way like it's nothing. But he is in the air before he comes onto screen. So I was so I wrote down in my notes at the start, Stasiak has been thrown at the rock. So I think <laughs> there's a, I thought I, I thought there was gonna be someone someone has literally used Stasiak as a yeah. weapon to attack the rock. That's literally what I was going for because he was in the air before he was even on screen. <laughs> Use the meat bash. It's very strong against rock-type Pokemon. Well, I whinge about them using Stasiak this way earlier but I, this is one of my favourite moments of the night. I mm. pissed myself because Regal and Rock just literally step aside. Stasiak ploughs through and smashes into the wall and they're like, anyway, as you were saying, sorry, Mr. Rock. Like, they just ignore it and no-sell the whole thing. The thing, the thing is because Stasiak can't wrestle a lick. So they're like, we're not going to get any matches out of him so we might as well have him do shit like this. With Perry... He can wrestle a 5-10 minute match and people react for it. Yeah. Stasiak gets no reaction other than meat when he comes out. Yeah. And when he wrestles, he sends the crowd to fucking into a coma. So, yeah, you might as well be goofy and also so bad you can't wrestle because at least you just get to do silly shit like this. I Entertaining, guess. at least. Rock, and good to have him back. He was sorely missed. Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid it being really weird they're not being rock on TV. Yeah. Because like some people didn't like Austin in my circle of friends and people who watched wrestling, but everyone loved The Rock. Yeah. Coming up next, hardcore championship on the line. The world's first ever, allegedly, hardcore ladder match. Jeff Hardy taking on Rob Van Dam. Jim Ross says they've never had a hardcore ladder match. Wrong, 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 wrong. Isn't every ladder match a hardcore match anyway? Like, yes. Yeah. And also, the big boss man beat Mankind in a hardcore championship ladder match to win his first. That's funny. You'd say that I thought it would have been a lot more satisfying to, to correct that. It wasn't. It's <laughs> um, really weird. Maybe we should stop picking nits so often on the podcast. It's re- it's, that's literally like ordering a Papa John's. Like, it just didn't hit the spot like oh, I thought it would. Yeah, I'm going to need something else. God, even with the sauce. A lovely grappling to start off in this match. Both men basically try to prove, and I think succeeding, that they're not just hardcore guys. Yeah. They're getting rid of all them stereotypes. They're doing chain wrestling to, arguably, it's to the same effect as X-Pac and Tajiri earlier on. Yeah. Really good stuff. Really, it's the only dream match we're getting here tonight, and it is a replay of a match we saw last month. Yeah. That's not a bad thing, though, in this no, case. No, 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 because these guys are awesome. They work well together. RVD has transcended being a heel. Yeah, like because because he is just the fans are just he's a face. Yeah, he's a hundred percent face, and so is Jeff. This is a baby face match. They won't let him be a heel, no, no. matter what Rob does. He's always going to be a face in the crowd's eyes. They do put him still in the heel scenarios, mm-hmm. like he'll be a guy in an alliance tag match or whatever. But they're trying to put him out like he's a slow wolf. He does his own thing, but he's just everything he does is so agreeable. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's it, it doesn't quite the character versus. The wrestling doesn't quite match yeah. up of him being like a fucking egotistical prick 
but then like showing you this is why I think I'm an egotistical prick. I'm fucking amazing. Yeah, he's so, like, very justified. Yeah, they're really just doing at the start here. All they're doing is one upping each other. You know, they're doing like these crazy spots with the ladder, and then like well, someone else will do something even crazier with a ladder, and you get a lot of unique stuff here at a time when you th- were thinking. I remember even, you know, as an excitable young kid going, oh, they're going to run out of things to do with ladders eventually. And here, crazy fucking stuff. I love these springboard corkscrew that Jeff does at the start. Oh, God. He really goes hell for leather, Jeff. Like He's got more to prove, I think. Yeah, because he's a guy who probably wants to be in that Chris Jericho spot and get groomed. And it's funny to think how reserved Jeff becomes when you see what he does here and what he does back in, like, 99, 2000. Jeff does the swanton to the outside, ran, like, randomly on TV at this point in mm-hmm. time, onto his back. That's a fucking sick, crazy bump. Rob dives off the barricade to bop Jeff in the face with the ladder. Gets some beautiful moves from Jeff. Springboard corner moonsault by Jeff onto Rob Van Dam, who's on a ladder as well. It's kind of sandwiching spots here. Jay on the WWF will never chastise Rob Van Dam for arrogance. And I think if they are going to go with him for heel, that's the one way to do it. Yeah. And JR can just the best muster. Well, he's the most popular member of the Alliance. So, cheer for him. Rob Van Dam has seen Rolling Thunder into the corner ladder. Beautiful. And Heyman makes the little briefest allusion to Sabu on commentary. He says, Rob was trained by a man who considered himself to be suicidal, homicidal, and genocidal. Which without context is the weirdest thing yeah. to say I've ever yeah. like I really wish you said Sabu because it's just like what the fuck is he going <laughs> suicide what are you talking about Robin Dam with a karate kick to a belt grabbing Jeff Hardy very 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 cool I think you know towards the end of the match even though they're trying to one up each other I did feel that this was much more of a showcase for Rob Van Dam than Jeff because yeah. Jeff you expect it and Rob Van Dam still has the benefit of surprising you at these spots mm. A real horrible crash as Jeff drop kicks the ladder and Robin Dam falls onto him. Oh, God. Just a fucking train wreck. Robin Dam dodges the swanton and then he misses the five-star frog splash. Jeff Hardy gets superplexed off the top of the ladder. This spot makes the crowd explode because they're roughly 11 years off playing a 2K Money in the Bank ladder match. <laughs> and therefore, superplex off the ladder just make you easily go... Sunset flip bomb off the ladder by Jeff Hardy and Chip Ross says it's the biggest sunset flip in captivity. What? What? Captivity? Captivity? Sunset flips should be free to roam the lands and the sunsets from which they come. Dick's out for sunset flip. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Jeff Hardy gets the belt, but the ladder is removed from him. And unfortunately, this is a really awkward spot. Jeff Hardy, yeah, he knows the pendulum effect, but he's not done his mental maths. He's not done his calculations. He starts pushing Jeff, which means that he should come back, but the timing is off. He goes up top, does a big karate kick, whiffs him from a mile. And you know what? I'm glad they didn't sell it, because if they sold it, it would look so much hokier. But it is the final spot of the match because he misses this kick. It's a nice idea, but like Jeff Hardy doing the tightrope with the ladders at WrestleMania 17, it's one that is literally, it's impossible. Yeah. Like, there's so many things working against you doing that. Why try it? You're giving yourselves literally too much credit, and I don't mean to insult them by saying that. You just know, though, that like because of the the way that these guys work, they all have tried that so many times beforehand, and it all have worked perfectly. This will be like the 1% it's not worked. 
There's a nasty fucking finish here. It's bad when that's like, okay, let's go home, guys. Let's come up with something out of the out of the bag here. A little quick finish to end it. Which is just Jeff Hardy hitting his face off the ropes and the ladder. It's awful. It's like he just dies and Robin then slowly climbs the ladder and wins. That's it. Excellent match. A shame about the finish because that could have been anything other than the finish and the match would have been okay. But that was the finish. Yeah. And I think that made me enjoy it less than the previous month's encounter, I think. I wasn't a massive fan of that oh, match, really? to be honest. It just, for whatever reason, a lot of the spots and a lot of the moves and the wrestling was good. There's something about it being a hardcore ladder match with so much grappling and technical wrestling thrown mm. as well that it just didn't quite connect. No. I think the pacing didn't sit well with me. Did you want more gimmicks in there, like tables if, and the like? Yeah. If they were going to do a straight-up one-on-one versus the two of them, I'd want more like grappling and wrestling and everything. But with them announcing it's the first ever, supposedly, hardcore ladder match, mm. I had in mind, okay, this is going to be a huge train wreck weapons out the wazoo and there was a bit of that but it was just a bit conflicting I yeah think. backstage booker t with shane mcmahon and a big present bookends for your books there's a new gimmick going around town guys booker t is a moron <laughs> <laughs> why have you got book in his name he wouldn't even read books would he Booker T because he's a fool <laughs> reading's for boffins not for you you big Aegis did mm. all these bits where Booker T is obsessed with being better than The Rock he's the most electrifying man in sports entertainment not The Rock and then all these segments where like Booker T goes out to read for different parts and he's like he reads the stage directions like no not that way you idiot and he's like oh this bit calls for an English accent and he's like oh I'll do this silly voice no you moron what a fucking idiot a room full of paid extras laughing and pointing at Booker <laughs> T <laughs> Supposed to be putting him over, yes. for God's sake. He's one of the few main They're events. Supposed they to be have. putting him over. I don't like them. Like it's too easy for mm-hmm. them to be like, oh look at this guy. He's from the street and he's an idiot. Yep. It's punching down, way down. Like I like even for them. Yes, even by their standards. I like the whole Booker T is made insecure by the Rock's yes. popularity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. But then making him out to be a complete putz that's ignorant of his own stupidity is just such a waste of time. Shane McMahon is in total love. And my headcanon for this is Shane McMahon is the guy from Connecticut who's way too excited about the prospect of having a black friend at last. <laughs> he phones the posse up immediately. Yeah. Guys, 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 you're not going to believe it! We can use the N-word now! Oh, God! <laughs> you know, it's, it's that's my headcanon for this, is that Shane is this obnoxious... Because he can't stop, he's dancing all the time, yeah. he's talking like all this jive talk. It's like even Quentin Tarantino is like yeah. talking eubotics, <laughs> he's like, yeah, me and my brother Booker T here, he's really cringe about it. I don't know if he realises how he's coming off in these segments. <laughs> Finally, after what seems like a grassroots campaign, several angry letters, messages, I think it could have even just been one guy, but we're brought back to caption contest. Hey! Finally! I mean, if Finally. I had my way, we'd never have a caption contest ever again. Oh, I hate this shit, man. It's the worst part of the show. Why did we stop doing caption contests? No, it was. I don't think it was laziness. It was forgetfulness. Oh, I think laziness is. You think laziness? In laziness in, in laziness opens the door for forgetfulness, Adam. Oh no, I'd say it's the other way around. I'd say it's like forgot to do the caption contest. I know you're editing the episode now, and you're going to release it tomorrow. 
But then I'm thinking, uh, I don't want to disturb him. He's he's already editing it. It's fine. That's the laziness. Yeah. Forgetfulness is not doing it in the first place. Yeah, I think what happened was, one, difficulty in sourcing images for the caption contest, as in finding an image that was, like, good enough that wouldn't have just one joke made of it. Mm. One that would actually be enjoyable for us and for fans. And I got, I got lazy on that front. And two, I think it was just a case that we... We kind of had fallen out of the routine of doing it. I almost. think so. Yeah, I think once you've forgotten a couple of them, then it's quite easy just to forget when we did them in the first place. Like you can help us out for future episodes. You know, we're coming up. Like you know, main timeline episodes. You know, there's going to be Unforgiven and Survivor yeah. Series and No Mercy. You find a fun image while you're watching it. Screen cap. Send us a link, whatever it is, and we'll consider them then, and that'll get us into the routine yeah. of doing our caption contests again. We have gotten a huge response for this image for today's caption contest, Adam. We had a number of good suggestions on Twitter over at, at AE Podcast, but the one we went with, because I thought, you know, there's a little bit of a little bit of room for maneuvering here. Yeah. It is Booker T being given a red box by Shane. Now, of course, as we all know, it ends up being bookends for all your books. But of course, at this point in the caption contest, it could be anything inside there. I had one rule in my mind with this, which was, I know in America, that dick in a box was something that was really, really yeah. popular like seven years ago, mm-hmm. which means that it's gonna be, you know, that's, that's peak Hammered then. on the head there, yeah. So I did write down, we all know dick in a box, tee hee, mm-hmm. but let's aim for better. Yeah, did we so, still get a lot of dick in the box? submission i you know i'm i'm uh, we'll we'll get through there as we go through <laughs> we did get 235 comments fucking hell which shows you that there is a a, a clamoring for it uh, mm. over on the facebook page facebook.com slash attitude era podcast however only 65 people liked it which means that people obviously resent the fact that they had to do the caption contest well it's the last time we're doing this then in that case but let's shut 65 down 65 likes i don't fucking i don't hell. want to do this anyway <laughs> Okay, here we go. Harry Green, Shane, you can be a serious top-level wrestler, Booker, or you can trade it all for what's in this box. (laughs) The box! The box! We did get a lot of variations on that theme Mm. of Mr. Burns and the mystery box. It's good. Harry Green, I think he was fortunate that he got in there early. Yeah. You know? So, more props to you. Well done, Harry. Alexander, my tanker riding here with Triple H watching at home chewing gum. Good rap. (laughs) Someone, um, someone pointed out that a really, really, really great Halloween costume would be Triple H and Tough Enough. Yes. Oh my God. Pop that hair in a little, uh, pop that hair in a little ponytail. Get that tight jeans on. Just turn up the tightness dial. Yeah. You know. Get the chewiest gum you've ever. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Mitchell writing here. Inside this box is the skills you need to be a competent commentator. Booker T. But it's empty! Shane, I know, we gave those skills to Corey Graves. You're hopeless! <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> <Cutting>. You're the worst! <laughs> You're hopeless! Now, not to uh, carbon date this episode too bad, but this has happened at uh, the weeks of this episode going out was when Booker T and Corey Graves had heat brother in, oh. in air quotes. The kind of heat that makes people try and listen to a local radio show that goes out on Houston, you know, at 3pm in the afternoon on a weekday. 
you know, the type of heat that Alan Partridge gets on Mid-Morning Matters. <laughs> very small fuss to make people look at a very poorly listened to show. <laughs> so there may be a lot of Corey Graves, uh, Booker T messages and comments in here. Okay. Okay. Deep SpongeBob take here from Dan Brown. Inside this very box is the most secrety secret of all secretdom. And I am its sole witness. It's a heavy burden, SpongeBooker, but nobody must know the secret of the box. SpongeBooker tries to peek inside the box, but Shane slams it shut. Nobody, not even Vince's house. And there is a photoshopped Squidward's wow. Tiki house peeking over. Literally going, leaning over. Mm. That's a deep cut. That is a deep cut. Yeah, well done. All the way down deep in Bikini Bottom. I love that. It takes a lot of balls to go for such a deep cut for a contest like that, so I admire that. Shane McMahon to Booker. And all I had to do was sign up with my credit card details to Global Force Gold to get this <laughs> Rob Tonkinson. Booker, instead of going to the box factory today, we're going to the box factory. Damn it, WCW, you ruined my imagination. Nick Alio. Despite his terribly worked punches, Shane McMahon is determined to be called a boxer, regardless of definition. <laughs> Billy Swanson. It was when Shane McMahon brought Booker T, the head of Stevie Ray, that he knew he'd be a Smackdown man for life. Jesus Christ. And there, this is where we kind of get into, there's a lot of seven ones. Oh uh, yeah, to be expected. With the box, yeah. yeah. Shane, Corey sent this to you. Also, Charmel is missing. What? What's in the box? What's in the box? Opens it. Wait, it's just a positive pregnancy test and a letter that says he's going to be a mediocre wrestler. <laughs> Rob Hunter, hey Booker, there's a gift from you from someone. Oh, I wonder what it is. He opens the box and pulls out a piece of paper. What the hell is this? What the hell is this? And it's the piece of paper that says, I still remember that Booker T inexplicably got. Still the up, up top uh, there, the unsolved mystery. Yep. I defy anyone to solve it. Not even any real solid theories for that one. That's just a complete mystery. Surely someone out there in the Bookerverse cares enough. Well, I think Mark Frost is working on like a big hardback book that's going to dive into it a little bit better. So. Booker T, the final dossier, <laughs> sucker. Neil Smith. Look in here, Booker. I've constructed a tiny WWE universe where you can get the run you finally deserve. Oops, my finger slipped. Oops, my finger slipped. <laughs> and Tracy Carter. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little more. He puzzled and puzzled until his puzzler was sore. Then Booker T thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. <laughs> I will say, I'm quite surprised we've been doing this for a little while now. Not come across any deal or no deal messages. Oh, there is one who's just a picture of Noel Edmonds just with the, <laughs> with the phone. Just being like, hmm. In fairness, I think, well, Noel Edmonds is sorting out his, you know, suing, uh, you know, investment companies and stuff like that. He's got a lot on his plate. <laughs> He's too easy a target right too now. Too easy a target. Someone just wrote, Samuel Jackson's entire speech from, from Pulp Fiction. What the fuck? Nothing about this box has anything to do with the path of the righteous man. It's not a briefcase, mate. <laughs> Kevin McCarran, this may be uh, my new favourite one. Booker T, remember me? Well, if it isn't my old friend Shane McMahon with a suitcase for hair and a box for hands. <laughs> oh, <laughs> suitcase man. for hair. Well, in, if you look, he does no, have yeah, his yeah, suitcase right. behind in the, him. In the picture, yeah, that, that works. Those of you scoffing at home, go look at the image, yeah? <laughs> go for the deep cut. Evan Muthing. Booker, wait, so you've been buying me my Christmas presents every year? Shane, sorry to say, Buck, 
but it's the truth. So you're telling me that Santa Claus was nothing more than a sham? What's in the box? A gimmick for Billy Gunn that isn't shit. <laughs> He's got nothing to do He's with it. Yeah. There's just any chance to have a snipe at Billy Gunn. What, what's inside the box? It's Billy Gunn's fandom. <laughs> it can very contain it. Like, it's very containable. What's in the box? I hate Billy Gunn. <laughs> Andy Springer, you can have a you can have a, another Simpsons box one here because Andy Springer's coming here out of left field. You can either have a tasteful rivalry leading up to your match with Triple H at WrestleMania, or what's in this box? I like that. Box, yeah. No, that just goes to show being quickest isn't necessarily what it's all about, Kevin. Exactly, Andy Springer. It was the uh, well, no, he wasn't the early bird, was he? The worm doesn't win the race. Is the tortoise? That's it. And he doesn't. The, the hare will eat the worm. If it gets up early. Yeah. Wait, no, it's the early bird that catches the worm. So the worm, if the worm that, is early. How does that connect to the tortoise and the worm? Though, I'm just going for all the animal analogies. Yeah. Really, just trying to jam them in there, you know. Good caption. And inside of this box was the gift of a shucky ducky quack quack bath toy. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> that might be my face. That's out there. Yeah, good job, Corey C. Lim there. Martossi Alex. Booker, do you remember when I had a lockbox that had something that could potentially ruin my dad's career? Me neither. Hashtag never forget. Hey. Hashtag and shame we trust. Not had any jokes about the Future Armor episode where there's... Oh, there is, there is. God, we have so fucking many. It's a problem. Too many people entering the contest, yeah. Next time, we just, like, only a hundred of you do it and then everyone stop. Stop sending them. Uh, there, there are some more Simpsons references. Like people kind of like, I'm gonna go. Like, I thought of a Simpsons reference. I'm doing Simpsons. Someone's done it, but I'm gonna do a different one yep. that even sells. So it's a package from The Rock. Dear Booker, psych, 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 psych. <laughs> Signed, Super Psych. I think he's trying to psych us out. <laughs> I rap this five times, five times, five times just for you. <laughs> so you might need like a box cutter or something to open it. Hey, Buck, I'm here from the future, where this gimmick called unboxing is apparently really popular. <laughs> Grab a camera, let's blow some minds. <laughs> this box contains our own WCW universe. Shane, stop destroying the universe. <laughs> Am I going to become a six-time champion tonight? The box says no. <laughs> Tyler Crowder here saying, as if we already don't know what's in the box, it's uh, Booker T holding up that picture of Scott Hall. Brilliant. From that yeah, that's great. Thing. Yeah. Now, the one I was really expecting, because I know that some fans would probably just try and play us because they know we're such Twin Peaks heads, surely mm. had the bit with the Mitchum brothers where they've got the box of the cherry pie. Did, uh, anyone, did anyone go for that? I'm not seeing this. Uh, well, I'm that's good. I'm, I'm proud that they didn't go for the easy one. Danny Ronsky, this is my favourite one here. You could also make reference to the end of the movie Seven. <laughs> that's, that's the best Seven reference. Yeah, so and he put Seven in inverted commas. Is he not? No, not the number. <laughs> the movie Seven. Uh, if you if you put, should put the number seven instead of the V in there, I would have taken him a little bit more seriously. <laughs> that is that is the best caption for that picture. It you is. could also reference. So so yeah, you kind of pop on here onto the old caption kind of this. It's like oh this isn't fun. Oh grumpy Kevin and Adam were like oh don't make this joke. But someone's like guys, don't forget you can't do dick in a box. But seven. I'm yeah. not going to make the joke myself, but you could do it if you want. Sean Klein. Booker, don't look in the arc. Looks in the arc. Career melts. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea as well that it's like it's it's not the arc of the covenant, it's his story arc. <laughs> I'm going to tag with test? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks, Shane. You know that red boxes are in my all-time fave file. 
Good. Good Booker T reference. Tell me you did not just re-gift that. Good. Oh, yes. That's more like it. Andy Clare did a great job here. They had the Nintendo 64 kids. Mm. And they photoshopped, in their words, the least flattering picture of Booker T they could find. Oh, my it, Jesus. It's Booker T mid-shucky-ducky, I think. He's got, <laughs> he's got, like, 90 chins on him there. Like, it's, it's impressive. Oh, brilliant one here from Tristan Carl. Schrodinger's push. Oh, oh that's I great. Love that. Yeah. Ties in the box. Mm -hmm. It's deep. Yeah. Thinks about cats. Makes me feel clever for knowing what it means. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> David McFarlane, you must spend 1999 to unlock this supply crate. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem with the invasions. They only let the, the WCW guys level up through loot crates. Yeah, it's fucking pathetic, man. Whereas, like, you know, Kerr and Austin, all the WWF guys, they already had, like, you know, the premium subscriptions. So yeah. they just got to beat Boba Fett, like, immediately. Mm -hmm. Where's the fun in that? Where's the grind, mate? Goldust is a box! My tag partner is a box. Damn you, a box. <laughs> well, I think we're not going to get any further than that. Yeah. Lessons learned from this caption contest. Don't do a picture which has got only two logical roots. Mm. Seven and the Simpsons. I will say I am really, really stunned by how many Simpsons references they managed to squeeze out of that one picture. I am impressed, though, at those people who managed to still find unique ways yeah. to entertain and delight and smitten us all at the same time. Thanks for joining us with a caption contest. Time to go back to the past where a young Kevin, Adam and Billy are continuing their journey with SummerSlam 2001. We can only hope it doesn't end in some sort of kiss your sister conclusion to the podcast. Whoa. Backstage, Kane, The Undertaker, and the American badass, Sarah, with her tan pants. Uh, me and my brother Kane put on our tan pants. We went down to the county fair and we looked at all the small businesses and bought some knickknacks. And I said, only put enough green tea in that flask oh, to sake. get us halfway through the crafting convention. <laughs> Coming up next, we're the brothers of destruction and we're in a rage. We don't want to sell and we don't want to do it in a cage. <laughs> Take it on DDP and who better than Canyon? Both belts on the line. WWF belts owned by Canyon and DDP because of tests. WCW tie belts owned by Taker and Kane because that Palumbo kid don't know how to work. Aww. <laughs> Conspicuous by their absence. Yeah. Yeah, not around anymore. The only reason I know that Palumbo is around is because he wears a very, like, like, like a statement jacket. Like, it's a, like a big fucking, like, uh, common football commentators from the 60s. Like, a sheepskin coat. Oh, there's Palumbo there in the back yeah. with his big woolly <laughs> jumper, you know. But Sean O'Hare, he's gone. Where's, um, where's Awesome? He's there, but like they just don't use him. They've oh, decided that he is can't a work. massive shame. So wasteful. He's everything they want, and he just hasn't been given any time. But give him a couple of matches to adapt to your style, because mm -hmm. he could have. He's everything they want, but a lot of the WCW and ECW guys struggle to change the style. Apparently, mm -hmm. and because you know WCW, you get two punches, you can go down the third. WWF, you take a bump on every punch. It's a much higher work yeah. rate, like. So they just needed time and they didn't get it. They were labelled as guys who couldn't work. Wear your WCW shirt and scale when Steve Austin's Aww. doing promos. Earn your money, Mike Awesome. Now, Billy, I wanted to ask you straight away. Undertaker and Kane versus DDP and Canyon. How do you think the WCW lads are going to fare in this matchup? 
Uh, not well. No? Not well. Did, no. you, did you not expect them to do particularly well in this match straight away? Uh, no, no. Okay. So it's, you... um, it's Undertaker and Kane versus DDP and Canyon. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not, is it? There's only one way it's going to go. Yeah. Diamond Dallas Page, the man who stalked The Undertaker's wife, put Sarah through emotional, mental, physical trauma. The audacity, the sickness of a human being walking into another's home, unwanted, trespassing, and then taking out his video camera and filming some of the most intimate moments of that household. And Paige has those tapes in his collection. DDP obsessed with The Undertaker's wife, Sarah. When this all first started, Sarah, I just wanted to be famous. Now, I just want to be yours. I want my Sarah. I need my Sarah. What's up, man? You seen Paige yet? Well, you need to thank me for waiting for you to get here and not beating his ass already. He's built some sort of shrine to Sarah. Paige! Championship match, it will be you against The Undertaker and Kane. Bye-bye. There's only one way you could describe the recap of this, which is creepy pagester. He's so fucking weird. Yeah. He's went off the deep end now. He has got literally a Harley Quinn style shrine. Yeah. For I was gonna say Batman. <laughs> for for Sarah. It's like all like it's got like a VHS tape that's like, like a loop of Sarah's yeah. face, like, you know. Also as well, if you imagine Harley Quinn with DDP's voice, it just, you know, ruins Harley Quinn. <laughs> Yo, Mr. J! <laughs> I was half expecting Undertaker to find, like, his diary, which is just going to, like, explain a story where he threw up on a woman in the subway, like John Doe from Seven. <laughs> He's going, like, all in maniac. He's on his knees in front of his shrine. Sarah, I love you so much. <laughs> I can't get you out of me head, Sarah. I love this. Only like two months away from him being like, I want to be famous, so you go after the biggest. And it's literally, I need my Sarah. All right, sometimes love finds a way, Adam. Yeah? <laughs> the greatest plans of mice and men, when that L-O-V-E gets involved... You stop becoming famous, you start getting to the business of making shrines. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin, tighten it up. <laughs> never, never, you listening at home, never forget Kane going, it's Paige. He's built some kind of shrine. <laughs> He's done what? <laughs> 
It's like some like Kane's acting like some sort of NPC from a PlayStation Two game. <laughs> you notice in the entire recap of this package, like eighty percent of it, every time it's Paige and Canyon, they're going, "Oh God!" Like they're scared yeah. in the video package. Yeah, never mind the match. But if there's one thing that's worse than Undertaker trying to be the cool American badass, it's fucking Kane trying to do it. Because you see Taker and Sarah show up in the car park, and he's like, "Yo, man, you're lucky." You're lucky that I didn't beat up DDP myself when I saw the Sarah Shrine. You know I want a piece of that ass. Oh, <laughs> Always kicking assholes ass. Canyon comes out scared, and then DDP comes out, and he's scared too. Canyon, by the way, is a double champion. Yeah, he's a US belt. Oh, hiding behind his two <laughs> fucking belts. It, it really made me laugh, The Undertaker's entrance. Because we can clearly see the video for rolling on the network. Aww. But you do hear, you doing it now. I mean, I was so hyped up for this match. I'm watching the Rolls and Smackdowns where Roland is there. Yeah, I don't get that. It's like there's rules for the, the license. Remember, Uncle Cracker is not on the pay-per-views, but is on TVs. On no, the other, network. Other way around, Other way around. So there's rules for all the songs. But yeah, I mean, I didn't think I'd get any more jazz for this, but them coming out to fucking You're Gonna Pay Booger Taker music. But you still have Fred Durst on the Titantron. It's so weird. You've done it now! (laughs) Gone and made a big mistake! My generation, my jiggy generation, are always kicking assholes ass. And my favourite thing is Heyman (laughs) desperately trying to put over a page of Kane in my mind. Diamond Dallas Page, Chris Canyon, the greatest WWF Tag Team Champions of all time. JR is so, like, he just says, you can't mean that, Paul. You can't mean that. (laughs) It's not a lie if you believe it, JR. What, are you blind? (laughs) JR starts making enemies of me here as a child and as an adult. He starts talking about Undertaker's history in brackets in cages, yeah? Undertaker's got a lot of history in cages. Let's not forget what he did to mankind in a steel cage. Oh, no. And what he did to Rikishi this past December in a steel cage. Here, Jim, no mercy on the N64 Ross. It ain't a hell in the cell. It's a cage. I love as well with the music. Yeah, we got some certain timing synced up. Like Undertaker removed his beanie, which is what assholes <laughs> Sarah locks the door. Mm. That's her big job for tonight. She's the cage master. Here we go. Are you ready for this? Ding, ding. Ring that bell. Strap yourselves in, guys. They beat him up lots. Yeah. Wow, Paige fires up, and then he gets beaten up as well. I love this. It's like the guys get their comeback in the wrestling game. It's like, no, reverse, man. (laughs) No, mate, you don't have to reverse. DDP does get a low blow. It is awkward. Silence fills. This was a hot crowd. They are dead, dead, dead awkwardly share the ring like because there are four guys in the ring and Canyon's over here they keep getting each other's way like there's one point Kane goes to Irish whip someone and he's like mm, shrugs oh Jesus awful then they switch and Kane beats up DDP and Undertaker beats up Canyon oh they're really they, these these are really good these guys mm. Undertaker and Kane they're amazing they yeah. can't no one gets any offense in on them when they do it's like it doesn't even hurt them like the new Legion of Doom these lads this is real fun to watch I like this. The baby face shouldn't be in peril. That is a falsehood. We should eliminate it from the story of wrestling. According to Heyman, DDP has finally been sharing his personal collection with the rest of the Alliance. Mate, that's all you had left. You should have held it back. You would have had a job for life. (laughs) 
chokeslam to Canyon, which Jim Ross just goes, no peanuts. What? <laughs> he's talking like, oh, he's going for a ride. No peanuts. Nope, sorry, you're going to have to go is again. It, I still don't understand. Da, 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 peanuts. Da, 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 <laughs> peanuts. <laughs> yeah, it makes as much sense as that. Like, da, 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 is, it, is, is it because he's going for a ride you might have peanuts at a yes. fair? All right, on the plane. Oh... That's awful. <laughs> That's terrible, and then he Jim. That's grating DDP's face into the cage. He's got cold slime's face. <laughs> <laughs> JR clearly doesn't give a fuck about he's, this he's man. He's literally just made me hungry the, there. Like, the cage. Cold slime peanuts. Yes, please. <laughs> Yum. The cage appears to be made of rubber. Because <laughs> when he when Page is being Irish whipped into it, it is like nearly it's bending. Mm. Like, I don't know if that's because of how hard Taker is just throwing him into it. That's what it is, But mate. it's proper bending like it's not even made of metal. He's beating asshole's ass. DDP hits the DDT. A lot of confusion as a result of that. DDP... Di- oh, forget it. <laughs> What's the point? Both of the creeps climb. Both of the boogers sit up at the same time. DDP falls back into the cage. And then Canyon is let escape. And everyone's like, boo! And Kane's like... Are you tripping? Now I know we just didn't let that piece of ass go out of here. We could be beating on that ass. I want a piece of that ass. He's sexy. And Undertaker's like, oh, no, 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 no. If you'd been to school, like I'm always saying, you should be going. <laughs> you know about the, you know, it's all during the match to do. You know about the loophole in the cage match, which is he's only left on his own now, isn't he? Yeah. Now. If you're open to the idea of sharing this remaining piece of ass to beat, <laughs> you and I can go 50-50 on DDP. And they do. They beat him up. And Canyon runs away. Yeah, what a great mate he is. Chris was too brave to stay in the fight <laughs> with his friend. The one good part of this match about the crowd being so dead is that we do get a nice clear grunt of the night here with oh, no background noise to muck it up. It's when Taker is bopping DDP lows in the corner. He just keeps going. The odds of Paige winning are slim. Surviving maybe less. about 10 seconds uninterrupted and because it's so quiet that's like grunts filled my ears and actually enjoyed this match in the end oh that's good that's nice he then gets uh, strangled with a chain DDP then he begs he begs and he pleads and Undertaker goes you can go leave you ever look at her again I'll kill you I'll tell you what so he's gonna let the baddies win the belts yeah but if he ever looks at him again he'll kill him he's fair like that okay mm. DDP's literally on his stomach he's like Hang on, I have to secrete enough slime to slither away <laughs> on my belly. Ooh. And then he gets choked sand off the top row with the stupid prick. <laughs> well, it looks like Taker's going, yeah, you, you can go, but if you ever touch her again, you're a dead man. And so he's going to let DDP leave. And then he literally goes over to Kane, and Kane starts talking to him like, it's almost the like Kane is saying, mate. you realise they're going to win both sets of belts. Oh, shit, chokeslam. <laughs> Good save, Kane. If you ever see her again, I can still kill you, though. Don't think that's <laughs> changed. That part's the same. Last ride. Good old DDP taking out. He's been injured this whole time as well, by the way, folks. Gets his knee scoped after. This is him taking time off. You wouldn't know from this match and bumping his ass off yeah. fucking Undertaker. One of the most senior guys on the roster as well, surely. Literally, like, he's an old man compared to most of the roster. No selling for the Brothers of Destruction, just unified tag team championships. Heyman really puts a nail in the coffin of DDP as he goes, The Alliance! 
Eh, never mind. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> like, I'm you, done. Th- that's it. And then Sarah badmouths Dini Peach. She's like, yeah, you got beat up. The next night on Raw. Oh. You've done it now. Mm. DDP had a match with Sarah. Oh no. Her challenge. No, her challenge. Calm out. Wednesday, mm-hmm. you fight me in the ring. And DDP was like, oh, even though. Oh, <laughs> even though I'm hurting. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Get through it. <laughs> From last night. Oh, I'm so. <laughs> <laughs> We need to get some food in you. Think. Oh dear! <laughs> Even though I'm hurting from last night, I'll still fight Sarah. And Undertaker is He's bent him up again. He's bent him up. Literally. And they put him in the ring. Silence, by the way. He took a fucking choke slam on the concrete. Like. Oh, fucking hell, Paige. <laughs> well, while you're in the hospital, they might be able to sort out your back as well as your knee. And then Sarah pins Paige. And you never see Sarah ever again. <laughs> That well, is the story the arc is complete. Yeah. Right? The story is complete. We will see DDP again before the end, mm. but that is him written off mm. the highest profile casualty of the alliance and the invasion storyline. His wife, Kimberly, is getting paid through until February by Time Warner. She made more money on her guarantee contract than DDP, who has to now go get his knee scoped and has neck and spine issues. Yeah, but the exposure and the things this did for DDP's career, you know what I'm saying? He reckons he's got two years left of wrestling and he'll, be, he'll get to be a commentator after that. Oh, no. I'll be like Sunday Night Heat, mate. Oh. Backstage, The Rock berates a physio. Stop trying to do your job, idiot. <laughs> Bully. Where's Dr. Scary? I miss him. <laughs> yeah, sidesteps Sean Stasiak, who uh, run through a tunnel that he had painted on the wall earlier. Uh, so, yeah. The locker rooms are both full. Even Billy Gunn's there. So is Takamichi Noku with a t-shirt that says evil in big letters. <laughs> you, you can maximise your minutes there, Taka. You maximise your minutes. They're ready for the big main event. Co-main event, I guess. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin defending the arguably, definitely much more important WWF title against Kurt Angle. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. But uh, no longer you want to hug Kurt Angle because you're grooming him to be the next WWF champion. What's wrong with Stone Cold Steve Austin? What's wrong with me? So I've jumped to a team that appreciates, that respects, that loves Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've jumped to a team that's going to find me the best competition in the world. Stone Cold Steve Austin will back down from nobody. Oh, here we go. Kurt Angle rushing the ring after Austin. Exchanging blows, center of the ring. Kurt Angle, clean in house. Look at Austin, back to hell out of the ring. Stone Cold, I'm a better athlete than you. Kurt Angle scored with his angle slam. I'm a better competitor than you. Kurt 
angle is so physical, so intense. Angle! The ankle lock! The ankle lock! It's locked in! I think I hear the ankle snapping! Which is why I have the confidence to challenge you to a match at SummerSlam for the World Wrestling Federation title. I've never seen Kurt Angle in the mood he's been in as of late. A match in which I intend on bringing the WWF title back home to where it belongs. Kurt Angle's eyes tell a story. Kurt Angle has no fear. But can we say the same for the rattlesnake? Ever since Stone Cold Steve Austin joined the Alliance, I've led by example. This is humiliating. You're pathetic. You suck. You don't treat another human being like that. You don't learn about respect for Stone Cold. This is sick. Kurt Angle, SummerSlam, World Wrestling Federation title on the line. I accept. And what I pledge you is to whip your red. White and blue, Olympic ass. He's too devious. He's too evil. You ain't such a hero now, are you? This is sick. You're going to bleed for the Alliance. You're going to bleed for Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm going to do the same thing I did in the 1996 Olympics. I'm bringing the gold back home. And a match where the stakes are so high. We get a recap of the Invasion Screwy set to Lord of the Rings music. And Austin's reasoning for selling his soul twice in six months was, Oh, suddenly, a hug ain't nothing for Stone Cold Steve Austin. You want to hug Kurt Angle? You want to hug The Rock? <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy about Vince McMahon's hugs. Yeah. Willy-nilly he's handing them out. And that's literally, you're not exaggerating or anything. That is genuinely what the emphasis yeah, is on. Is. It's because Vince wants to hug other people. This all started <laughs> over a cup of hugs. <laughs> <laughs> you think this is about hugs? It is. <laughs> but I love like when like it's like the big moment where like Steph and Shane and Haven are like you're bowing down to him. Like we've got the biggest player in wrestling. All companies arguing the biggest star of all time is on our team, and he's going to leave by example. And he's like, let me talk about hugs. Let me. Well, I love presents. Why? I love presents. Austin has gone off the deep end. He has been leading by example, is his books. Got a lot of talented kids on this alliance team, and he's going to lead by example, which usually means him berating everyone and calling them all bastards. Test, you big bastard, get in here. Rhino, you mean little bastard, get in here. Raven, you smelly bastard, get in the <laughs> ring. He leads by example, which means if you win and you do well, he will praise you. Praises Test, praises Rhino, praises the Dudley boys. If you do bad... You get cussed out by Steve Austin publicly in front of everyone. He'd bring in, like, Raven. Who beat your ass on Thursday? Now, if it's your Steve Austin, there are no days of the week. There are D's of the week. <laughs> Sunday? Monday? <laughs> Solomon Grundy? <laughs> Solomon Grundy, born on a Sunday? <laughs> he also starts saying what? Mmm, finally. Huge. Your name is Hugh Morris. What? Is that funny? What? Is that humorous? <laughs> yeah, bah, damn, what? <laughs> <laughs> and the origin of this is him ringing Christian on yeah, the phone. bored when he was on the road one night. Right, right. I'm driving past an Arby's. What? <laughs> There's a voicemail as well. Like Christian just wakes up the next day to 20 minutes of a rambling maniac. I'm alone. What? I don't like my character at the moment. What? <laughs> so much fun. And at the same time as Austin is 
spiraling, for lack of a better term, with no support structure, no one to challenge him, no one to want him to be the old Stone Cold. He's getting worse and worse. And on the other side, Kurt Angle, he is leading by example. He has become a wrestling machine. He is beating the shit out of everyone. Like, there's a point where, like, Raven is like, ah, Kurt, I challenge you to a match. And he just killed Raven. Mm-hmm. And then he found him backstage afterwards and broke his leg. Like, just killing guys, taking out the alliance like you think he would be. Mm-hmm. Awkward moment with Taz. No! Billy, well, guess what Stone Cold Steve Aston did to lead by example for that orange bastard Taz? <laughs> Apart from completely bury him? He did that, he did that, yeah. Uh, calling him Oompa Loompa, I don't know. He whipped him in the ring. Oh. He took his belt off and whipped Taz. Don't do that to Taz. He literally made like Hugh Morris rave and they all hurled him down. He pulled, he ripped off his shirt and started whipping him with his belt on the guy going, This is what happened when you disrespect Don't go deep. What? Austin. It's really scary. I'm not going to lie, I did spend a bit of time googling is Taz black to kind of, as I imagined <laughs> that the writers did at the time as well. I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter, it just, it's fucking unpleasant to watch. Doesn't matter who it is getting it. But guess what though, Taz, you know? Taz, he's marched to the beat of his own drum, right? Maybe Uncle Taz will finally start <laughs> seeing sense. Well, like, it's a perfect storyline, isn't it, right? You've got this big uniform group, the Alliance, a fucking despot like Steve Austin running things. Taz is the fucking squeaky wheel. He's, he doesn't run with everyone else. He, he's the, the, uh, the, the odd guy. He's the odd man out. You could have built Taz into being such a fucking face. Him yep. finally yeah. cracking under the pressure. And they did that. They had him like, like I got, never got disrespected like that. Like you know, He appeared on, on SmackDown. Goes up to Heyman and he's like, what are you doing out here? You know, you're not allowed in the Lions business. You were told to stay at home. And he's like, no one ever disrespected me like Stone Cold Steve Austin did. I gotta ex him something. And then Taz joins up with Steve Austin to be a Krangle. Yep. Spoilers, the night after this, when we had Austin Appreciation Night, again, Steve Austin was like, why aren't you wearing an Austin shirt? What? And he started beating up Taz oh. again. Two more times after this, they do the Taz flip reverse. Like, oh, Fuck he's going to turn. Oh, no, he's just with the Alliance. Sucks. As weird as not being last, almost as weird as Kurt Angle's gear. What do you think of his gear here tonight? No, I like the gold. I like yeah. the addition of the, it. The uh, embossed abs. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, they're embossed abs. I did not see no, that. No, I didn't notice that no. time. I've ruined those for you now. No, I love those abs. Damn it. I thought he was just really working out. I have to ask you, Billy, what do you think of Stone Cold's new entrance music? I fucking hate it. <laughs> what is this? It's basically if the first two laps of the track were Austin's old music, this is... <laughs> I mean, I didn't like it when they fucking brought Disturbed on board, oh, no. but this is even worse. They don't call him the leader. He's not the leader. Do you know what the official term of Steve Austin is? Mm, general? He is the emotional leader <laughs> of the Alliance. <laughs> Which means if there's any like, no. wrestler's court or anything. So like, does that, does no. that mean like he's a, their social worker or something? No, no. Chavo Guerrero, you got a bad Tory Wilson a case of beer. What? Is he not maybe the leader who is emotional? Like, ah, is that what it is? That could be it. Yeah. I love this. This is an intense match. 
Austin is silly and weird in the middle of this, but at never at any point do you not question that he is psychotic and dangerous. Very dangerous. I, Scary. I don't think I've enjoyed Austin's character as much as I do in this match. Mm. Oh, he's fucking hot. He's, he's a, a psychopath. Yeah. He is so like a shark, like with tunnel vision. And like they keep doing this thing, which is Kurt Angle can beat Steve Austin. We know this. Steve Austin can't beat Kurt Angle. And he knows that. And that is a storyline. If that's your basis, it's very easy for the heel to be like, oh, well, he's not good enough. He can't beat the guy. So he's not dangerous. He's not a threat. But Austin, because he knows he can't beat Kurt Angle, that makes him more dangerous because he's just going to do whatever the fuck it takes mm -hmm. to maim him, injure him. Oh, my God. And the pace of this, it really reminds me of a WrestleMania 17. This mm. is a match which, when I first watched, I didn't even like that much because of the, the end and whatnot. But re-watching this, I appreciate it so much. It's one of Austin and Angle's, probably their best match they've ever had together. I love the intensity of this. Austin works the leg of Kurt. He's trying to like maim him, injure him. Really reminded me as well, Austin, like Kevin Owens in this match. Yeah. Mm. Is mouthing off. Yeah, totally. In the fucking face of the referee. Kurt Angle makes some beautiful comebacks here. He hits seven rolling German suplexes oh. on Steve Austin. And then Austin's on the back pedal. He starts cheating to get the advantage. He's poking Kurt in the eye. He's doing little tricks here and there. Stuff that even rule-breaking Steve Austin wouldn't have done like a few months previous. He hits an uber-duper-plex. And this first Stone Cold Stunner, which Kurt kicks out of. That's huge. I love that he went for... Because I'll be honest, it wasn't a totally perfect stunner. It was kind of a desperation stunner. Mm. But I love that we had that so early in the match. Because like you say, Austin knows he can't do it. So he's like, I gotta go now. Like, yeah. He's probably gonna have to use like 12 stunners. And he's straight away like... You know, so many times when someone hits a finish, you're like, oh dang, it didn't work. I better do a headlock. Yeah. Austin's back again with another stunner straight yeah. away. This will do it. And Kurt, he sells so much, he actually falls to the outside of the ring. He rams Angle's face into the corner post. How many times? Five times. Jesus. And I'm not exaggerating. Genuinely, each one is worse than the last. Each yeah. time, you can hear the loud clonk. I I can't see any way they did this without Kurt smacking his head actually on the post. Because he he's starts bleeding and it gets more and more and more. And at the end, like, Kurt's got a crimson mask and mm. Austin's pinned him and he still kicks out and it's... Out on the concrete, Kurt covered in blood. Yeah. This is a real iconic image that I've not really seen a lot of. When Kurt is there putting the ankle lock on the barricade. On, yeah. Oh my God, he's there screaming. Big close-up. Whoa! It's amazing how like Kurt's still carrying on considering he's a ghost now. Like, <laughs> after that, those fucking... Like, we just watched him be murdered. Yeah. And he's still carrying on. His spirit is carrying on. That's that look in Kurt's eye that Corey Graves alluded to, like, at your TLC. When he was like, oh, he had a comeback. He looked a little bit like that old Kurt, that yeah. crazy Kurt. He drags Austin all the way into the ring via his ankle. Fucking incredible. And there is blood everywhere now. Billy, did you know that Earl Hebner is a Nick Cave fan? No, I did not. Because his favourite song is Red Right Hand. Ah! He's got Kurt's blood all over him. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, oh God. Just has to get squeegee put in a little, you know, plastic ceiling bag. <laughs> I can Kurt's clone blood. Olympic blood. I was going to say, I'll clone Kurt Angle and sell that. Like. <laughs> so they brawl back outside and Kurt Angle, he's banged up. He's hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, he's never really fully come back from King of the Ring. He's just kind of biting his lower lip, getting through it. Austin... 
fucking bust his thumb, brushed his hand, broke, broke up neck, fucked up back, fucked up knees. They're suplexing each other onto the ramp, onto the fucking concrete, just giving you everything. Yeah. And at a pace that is, like, not to the point where you're like, okay, I'm not absorbing this. There's such a beautiful little gap in between each big sick move and they yeah. hold you for just long enough. It's really incredible. And <laughs> the one thing that ruined it though was JR like trying to put over the mats. Like like we thought that the moves weren't going to be good because they're on mats. He's no. like, oh, those mats are only aesthetic. There's very little padding. Tis very little meats in these aesthetic mats that we have <laughs> out here. I mean it sounds horrible. It, yeah. it is horrible, mm. you know. That you don't have to make you don't a need to cover. A true sign that things are going his way. The sun has aligned up with all the stars and planets in the universe as Kern Angle finally hits the high angle moonsault. Whoa! Oh, the best. That's gonna suck to take that. Like, oh, yeah. fucking Austin's gonna have windy pops after that. Like, <laughs> you know, have to burp him. Do you, do you reckon that he? The only reason he's been able to hit it this time is because he's lost so much blood. It's sort of counter counterbalanced <laughs> his gravitational like like, a bottle center. Flip. <laughs> <laughs> he should have dabbed on the landing. <laughs> More odd commentary from Jim Ross. He says, "Hard right hands, Stone Cold Steve Austin, go and commando." Nope. <laughs> no, no, no. But for those of you wondering, Austin is not wearing anything underneath there. Because anytime Austin takes a move, my plumbers crack. <laughs> it's quieter than the inside of the fucking moon. Reversey, reversey, reversey. These two are out wrestling each other. Million dollar dream. The calling card of a desperate rattlesnake. He calls it a cobra clutch this time. It's the million dollar it's dream. the million dollar dream. You didn't do no cobra clutch as the ringmaster. No. You evoke the ringmaster, you evoke the million dollar dream. That's the rule. They do the kind of Survivor Series 96 finish where Kurt runs up the ropes. Austin kicks out though. Third stunner. Kick out. Oh. They rightfully made a big deal of this on commentary. Like mm-hmm. yeah. next week, it's like Kurt Angle, the only man to kick out three stunners, three. and he'd be like, "Oh, I don't know if you heard, but uh, I kicked out three stunners. Yes. I was good enough to kick out a three." Amazing. Stunners. Austin freaks out. Angle slam. Austin manages to kick out still. Then the ankle lock is locked in, and Austin just gives up here. He kills Hebner, mm. stuns Mike Kyoto. hits Tim White with a fucking belt. Yeah. Also, Tim White doing the running. Don't do that to Tim White for fuck. Give him one of them little WrestleMania cards. He looked like <laughs> he looked like I don't want to take no bell shot. You little run down here. Another angle slam, and then that crook, nasty Nick Patrick, disqualifies Austin. Whoa. The best rationale ever: excessive abuse towards officials. DQ in for Kurt Angle. Austin keeps the belt. Fuck me. Oh, Kurt Angle. Blows his gasket, puts the ankle lock on Tricky Nick Patrick. Fuck you, Dicky Nick Patrick, with your crook calls. Bullshit finish, I hated it at the time, going back and watching this in the context of this whole arc. Brave, for one, to have yeah. this finish yeah. for yeah. SummerSlam. I, I, think, I think it's fucking great. Yep. The only thing that gives this angle juice for the next month is that Kurt Angle has to beat Stone Cold. Yes, he had him absolutely dead to rights. Oh, God, and JR calls this a blatant shafting. JR <laughs> JR sums this up very neatly puts a whole bow on what the situation is here this is one of my favourite moments in all of commentary let me tell you this my god I know one thing cause Stone Cold know- well I know Stone Cold and Stone Cold knows he can't beat Kurt Angle 
He can't do it for the WWF title. Now, can you argue that? Can you disagree with that one? Hell no! <laughs> and he's like shaking his little face around and Heyman doesn't say a word in yeah. response. How he didn't laugh. That's amazing. Incredible performance from Heyman keeping a straight face there. That You're right, that puts a bow on it because that's a bullshit finish, but he's letting you know that they know it's a bullshit finish and it's not right. Well, he knows Stone Cold and Stone Cold knows that he can't beat Kurt Angle. I like the fact that he fucks up his verbiage and his words. Like He does, he jumbles over himself. Yeah, it's, it's realistic. It's that's yeah, He's so angry. Yeah. Oh, man. Beautiful. And then JR has to come down from that and just goes, uh... We got more business to transact. Mm. He literally sounds like he's drained, like he's smoking a cigarette afterwards. Like he's just, I don't know if I had enough. Like after this, I was like, oh, end the pay per view there, please. Should have been the finish. But no, The Rock's coming back. But what did you guys think of that one? Incredible. I love that match. Absolutely phenomenal. Maybe one of my favorite matches ever. I might prefer that to Rock versus Austin at Mania. I was oh, thinking yeah. that when mm. I was watching it too. It's such an incredible story. And Kurt Angle just makes it look... Um, like, every one of those five shots to the post, it mm. made me feel sick. Because like. you know what's great about it? The reason why I think it could even push it... Because I kept thinking about X7 when I saw this. Mm. In that this is a match that was not about the moves, but about the kind of... The spaces in between. The story showing you that even injured and not being able to do what he used to be able to do. Steve Austin is a master of that. Mm-hmm. And Kurt Angle is a master of that as well at this point. But it's like the confusion of the heel turn and not figuring out what's going on and the crowd not catching up with this mm-hmm. in WrestleMania 17. I think it's so clear cut here. Austin's the fucking crook. Yeah. Kurt's the hero and it's perfect. Beautiful match. Main event time. Booker T taking on The Rock for the WCW Championship. I wonder who will win this match. It's a real main event. Will The Rock come back to the WWF or will he join the WCW 
I'm your champion, sucker. Booker T, quickly on top of the people's champion. I'm gonna take this punk ass straight to school. Booker T is dominating The Rock. Booker T just gave The Rock the rock bottom. Look out, rock bottom, rock bottom, rock bottom. to stop the real people's self from playing the smacking down on the rocks in the axe. The rock will not forget. The rock will be a summer slam. And by God, he's coming from Booker T's ass. The rock is gonna walk in SummerSlam. The rock is gonna walk out WCW champion. Tonight, you're going home with the rock's black boots shut right up your ass. I wonder who will win this match. Will it be the man who is an idiot or the Scorpion King? <laughs> <laughs> we get the return package here. The Rock coming back. Being courted by both the WWF and the Alliance. One of the last kind of like real kind of callback things that they did trying to tie everything together. Shane and Stephanie played the footage of you know Vince the night after 17 where The Rock got suspended and beat mm. down by Austin and yeah. Vince and Triple H. It's like... Why would you want to come back here? He's made you have to go out and do acting instead of Hollywood. He made you know Brendan Fraser. <laughs> you fucking believe that shit? Unbelievable. Now, The Rock had Vince McMahon trying to court him as well. And Vince was very upfront about it. He goes, look, Rock, don't come back for me because I probably will betray you again down the line. He leaves <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I will. I love that. Don't don't pretend it didn't happen. But he did his own little version. His own version of the, God damn it, I need, I need the old Rock. I need Rock to come back. You know, he came out and he's like, Rock, the people need you to come back to the WWF. They need you to smell. He did, big, he did all of The Rock's bits, you know. Do you smell The Rock? Now, the scary thing about that is the week The Rock came back, they did the promo package at the start, like, oh, who's going to go? You know, where's he going to go? Alliance with WBF. And they had the footage of The Rock doing his catchphrases with Vince McMahon's audio. <laughs> so once The Raw, The Rock comes back, and you can see The Rock going, if you smell, la, 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 la. damn it, you know who I need? I need the old Dwayne Johnson. Damn it, Dwayne, no! G give me a glass of shut up juice! <laughs> give me a Uranagi! <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love The Rock coming back. I'll never leave the WWF. Nah. And I promise you, I am never going back. I love you. Home. <laughs> Booker T and Shane, it's as simple as this. It's as simple as this. The Rock is going to come back and win. He's such a foregone conclusion. Absolutely. They had the Booker beat him down a few times. Yeah, but honestly, watching every episode of Raw and SmackDown, this is probably one of the worst builds for this pay-per-view, I think, is the Booker and Rock one. Yes, there was a couple of occasions of Booker getting the upper hand, but on the whole, The Rock made Booker look like such a joke. What do you think the first thing The Rock said to Booker T to start this feud off? Who are you? Yeah. Who in the yeah. blue hell are you? Yeah. That Sting cited that as the reason he didn't come in. 
Really? He said he was watching Raw, he saw that, and he thought, if that's how they're going to treat me, or treat WCW, then it's not for me. Yeah, it's not Sean Stasiak we're talking about here. Booker T. Ah, The Rock as well. He just run down the WCW Championship as well. Loads. Like, he was talking like, oh, everyone had that. The guy from Scream won this, for Christ's sake. Like, he is running it down. But he's baking out like he's going to make the title relevant again. Like, that's Mm. what it's going to be. It's shaky ground that they're on yeah. here. It's just Booker T's a guy for The Rock to beat up here, you know? It's mostly The Rock handily beating up Booker T and Shane single-handedly. And if there's any doubt that The Rock can easily beat Booker T, we got the conclusion to that at the first ever Lights Out match. Rock booked it himself. He said, like, Booker T, first time ever on WWF television. Lights Out. No WWF, no Alliance. You and me, lights out. Are you mad? Are you blind? Can you you can't book a lights out match on SmackDown? Now you watched that on SmackDown. And you were like, "What's a lights out match?" And I was like, "What?" And then I watched it. And I was like, "Google, what's a lights out?" <laughs> like they don't establish what a lights out match is. Billy, what do you think a lights out match would be? The only thing I can think it could possibly be is that they turn off the house lights. But it can't be that because your crowd can't fucking see the match. Mm-hmm. So could it be just The Rock's come up with a new name for a blindfold match? They never explain it. Like it, The whole night is building to the lights out match. Mm-hmm. And they're going on like, this is fucking like, oh my God. The first time ever. Can you believe? Now, when you said lights out, I thought it would be right. Booker T and The Rock come to the ring. The lights go out and The Rock gets jumped and laid out by the Alliance. And it's like, oh, The Rock's left laying ahead of SummerSlam. What's going to happen? No, what a lights out match is. And I had to fucking do some research to find this. Way back in the day, the old promotions, if they wanted to have like a real like hardcore brawl, like a Terry Funk kind of crazy, going to end up pouring motor oil on each other in the fucking shower and, you know, you know, trade insults about our wives and steal each other's livestock in the course of this wild brawl. Mm. It would be lights out, meaning the promoter has not sanctioned it, the show has ended, we turn the lights off and then on again to signify the show is over, right. we wash our hands of this, this is technically happening dark, hence Dumb. lights out. If you guys stay here, you might see two guys unsanctioned beating each other up, but otherwise, nothing to do with us. Now, they didn't explain that. Not at all. That works well enough for something like the AWA. Yeah, but not fucking 2000. No, it doesn't work for 2001 Smackdown in the WWF. When you also don't explain what it is. Yeah, because, Billy, because they don't explain what it is, when we finally get to the Lights Out match, after it's been hyped up all this time, what happens is Booker T comes out into the ring in his full wrestling gear, The Rock comes out to the ring in his wrestling gear, and The Rock buries the fuck out of Booker T. He like, beats him. Like, Booker is there like, no, no, no. And Rock's just kicking his ass. Like, lights out! But it's, <laughs> so then it's not a lights out match because it was on SmackDown. I know. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was on the show. Ah, come on now, lads. <laughs> come on now, lads. At least have an orchestra match like Jeff Jarrett had with Dutch Mantel. Let's do that. <laughs> So, yeah, The Rock has literally already laid out and beaten Booker T before this match. Yeah. Booker T, the best he can do to get to The Rock is rip him off. You know, it's just pretty much it. Oh, he hit the scissors kick on him as well. And that was set to anime, big plan, reveal levels of epic music. <coughs> what are you going to do, Rock, when you get a scissors kick? Kick out of it, is it? Oh, all right, that's okay, then, I guess. Now, JR's got a couple of problems with Booker T. Now, he's no Sting. He's no Ric Flair. 
he's no Ricky Steamboat. The two Ricks, Flair and Steamboat, those are the ones we invoke every time Booker T comes out. And also, he does like the damn spinneroonie. Ah, give me a break. If a dance move could be multiple navel piercings, this is it, folks. <laughs> Jim Ross does not like the spinneroonie, the most electrifying move in sports entertainment, according to Paul Heyman. I love that. Brilliant. If the WWF gets taken out by the spinneroonie, then we deserve to be taken out. <laughs> Come on! This Maybe. is the start of the match as well. Like, okay, here we go. Big fight field. You know what else he says? Well, there's Booker T. And I've said it before. He's no Ric Flair. He is no Ricky Steamboat. And he's never faced an opponent the caliber of The Rock. So I guess I'll see how he does here tonight. WCW champion. My ultimate highlight of this whole build, though, is just during a regular promo, Rock's been making out that Booker T was stupid, you know, saying he never went to college, he was crap at school and all that. Booker's response promo, he came out on SmackDown, and I've got a screen cap of the captions here, so you know I'm not making this up. Oh no, Adam. He says, in response to The Rock calling him stupid, the Booker man was the straight A on a roll student, mega cum latte. Can you dig it, sucker? Mega cum latte. So, Booker T... To defend himself against the rock enjoys a nice mega cum latter. So he's just essentially become Scott Steiner. <laughs> I was thinking more Valvinus with the <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yuck. Rock says fuck you as he low blows Booker T in right in front of the referee. <laughs> what is it? It's ridiculous. He keeps overcoming Booker's offense, outmoving him, outpacing him. He's faster, stronger, better, and funnier as well. Also, he's not an idiot like Booker T. Big brawl outside, the ref doesn't count. JR is cool with it as it means it won't result in some kiss your sister conclusion to the match. What? He struggled to say that as well. He's like, oh, I'm glad you know, the referee's shown leniency, showed the WWF Championship match, rather that than some uh, kiss your sister conclusion. Is that? Well, let me tell you about my sister, folks. She's a, a beautiful. <laughs> I mean, sorry, no. I, <laughs> my hypothetical sister is anything but a. a oh, no, not her. Um, Who is committing incest here in this statement? Whoever gets the screw job finished has to kiss their sister. Booker T, then. Right. Well, if he's he gets the shaft, that's a kiss your sister's. <laughs> Now, what's blatantly going to happen here is we're going to get a fucking influx on our public Twitters of people going like, hey, that thing you were talking about, about kissing your sister, well, here's what it means. Like. I can't believe you guys have never heard of incest. What pricks like? <laughs> what's wrong with kissing your sister? <laughs> it's we have a light out, Matt, so you can kiss your sister. What's wrong with you? So your parents can't see. <laughs> I have great issue with the referee for this match, Charles Robinson, for two reasons. Number one, he's very he's distracting on two fronts. Number one, his shirt patch, WCW, is over another shirt patch, which is slightly too big. Assumedly the EDL patch for his white polo shirt that he's got. <laughs> and number two, every single time, and I don't mean like now and then, every single time. This is another lint chocolate moment here, right? Every time Charles Robinson sees a move get done, he goes, whoa! And he lifts his hands up in the air and he turns his head to the side. He goes, oh! Like, every move in this match, The Rock is like, punch, oh! Oh! Throwing his hands up, going fucking 90! Well, that's about a quarter of the next matches we've got to watch in the rest of the series, ruined. Yeah. He looks like a little Ric Flair and he does a really distracting thing every time someone takes a bump. How has this man been employed in wrestling for 20 something years? He's <laughs> only like a clang with a neon sign spinning around every time. The apes from Planet of the Apes come out with him like ridiculous. Do you think he's secretly like trying to take off like some sort of referee pterodactyl? 
<laughs> if he does it enough times, he will eventually get elevation. Favourite sign of the night? The front row, very, very, very small sign that says, Lame Rock. Oh. Burn! Booker T finally goes on offence, and JR makes himself hungry again. He says, The Spirit Rooney sounds like something delicious that Chef Boy RD would make. For fuck's sake, JR. <laughs> I love that. It's like, make fun of it. Also, sneak in a quick plug there if you can as well, like, you know. Rock gets the sharpshooter, stops to bop the interfering Shane McMahon. The crowd has gone quiet at this point. Uh, and this is what happens. I think they forget this. People love The Rock. They're happy to see him back. But you can't get 20 minutes of The Rock beating up someone and us still to care. No. I can't understand any reason for putting this on after the Angle and Austin match. Give the crowd a happy ending. I guess, but like... Really, this match is dull by comparison. The ending is as happy as it might be to see The Rock win a belt. It's not as emotional as the emotional ending of Austin and Andy. No, because there's nothing really tied to this belt. No, it's a belt they've done all their power to not put over. Yeah, exactly. So how is The Rock winning this belt, which literally in their mind means nothing? Well, that idiot Booker T, like, he needs to be taken down a peg or two, I think. You know, he's out of control, like, you know, mega cum latte. He'll be coming for a fucking T next, you know? (laughs) Shane McMahon gets a chair, bops The Rock with the WCW title, JR calls it the WF title, he's corrected by Paul Heyman, and JR is just kind of, when he's corrected, mid-passionate stream, he gets really aggressive, so he's like, I called the WF title, that's where my man was, that's my fault and I apologise for it. <laughs> I, um, I, did, I did enjoy Lil Nature's face, because obviously he's, he's distracted when The Rock gets belted. He turns around and the face he pulls, oh, he yeah. sees the rock and the fall going, the fuck are you doing down there? Get <laughs> <laughs> off! What the fuck's this? <laughs> a moment I really love here, the APA coming out to run off oh, Shane McMahon. Yeah. 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 So over those guys. Good to give him a little bit of the main event run and Shane gets clotheslined from hell out on the floor. Beautiful, particularly with JR with a new catchphrase, how do you do, Shane McMahon? <laughs> It doesn't have that much of a ring to it. How do you do? How you doing? That works. Yeah. How about, like, who's your daddy? Yeah, like, yeah, it's worse than who's your daddy. Who's your daddy? Wham! How's your daddy doing? <laughs> you okay? How's your handling the divorce? All right. Okay. <laughs> Book ends. The Rock just kicks out, makes a comeback. The book end. Give me a break. Rock handily comes back from it. Gets the people's elbow. Way, way better than the lame Spinneroonie might. Oh, yeah. I mean, not ridiculous. Shane stops the count. The Rock should have won. Shane gets rock bottom on the four. Get the scissors kick. Then Booker T finally does the Spinneroonie. All of us annoyed eating our chef boy or Dego. Don't use Uni and take it in vain. <laughs> the good name of Uni. And Booker T literally goes from Spinneroonie right into the rock bottom like a total fucking moron. Idiot Dumbo Booker T loses. Yep. The Rock wins. Obviously, WWF is better than WCW, you fucking dummies. What a shit end. What a terrible, terrible way to cap this off. It's a really bad match. Yep. The only thing I can say is that Booker, he was able to keep pace with the WWF style. You weren't watching that going, yes. oh, he's not fitting in. Like He can't do that. He is bumping like they want. He's... Make himself look like a fucking moron. Yeah. Dancing like an idiot for him and, you know, taking pinfalls after doing a dance. And just Shane interfering every two seconds and he still loses. Yeah. I mean, 
I almost feel that this finish undermines the previous one. Absolutely. How's an organization that's run by someone as ruthless and bloodthirsty as Steve Austin and as dangerous also have amongst its champions this fucking, like, jabroni? That's all Booker is. Yeah. Interesting show, SummerSlam. I had really, really high, lovely moments. I mean, highs and lows, not so many creamy middles. No, it was like, no. oh, like, really great or really bad. What did you guys think, Adam? Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. When it was great, it was really great. When it was bad, it was like, pull your hair out, frustrating. Yeah, overall, it's it's a better show than it is a crap show. It's, it's a good show. Right? Did they maintain the momentum from Invasion, Billy? I mean, where do you think that, like, does it even feel like an Invasion anymore? Because it felt like a different show yeah. last month. I think I enjoyed this more than Invasion, but the bad matches in this pay-per-view were worse than the bad matches in Invasion. Mm, absolutely. Um, for, for me, because I know you guys like the Lance Storm Edge match, but this really was, uh, I think, a good pay-per-view in the me- middle, apart from the Brothers and Destruction. But, <laughs> but it was bookended for me by bad matches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just not that into it. I, I don't know why you would put, why you would sacrifice the idea of having a really emotional ending, but may not be what the fans want for a shit ending That's which happy, just so happens yeah. to be happy yeah. I think it's better to send the audience home with something they're going to talk about yeah. than something that's like oh the rock won against that guy he fucking buried and won the belt that no one gives a fucking also buried yeah. I was convinced watching this back I was like oh the main event is Austin and Kurt like, I, I there's no way in my mind that it wasn't I remembered it as this if for no other reason, I couldn't see Vince putting on the WCW title as the main yeah. over his own brand. Like, very strange. I think there was rumours that it was like, we need this to be a draw, this belt, so it needs to be a main event. So um, we should have The Rock bury the belt on telly then, should we? Well, The Rock, I mean, he reminds me of a young Rock Flair or Rocky Steamboat, so... Or Ring. <laughs> so maybe he'll do something with this belt that David Arquette and the rest of those WCW jabronis couldn't. Match of the night, MVP, Adam! Very easy. Angle and Austin, match of the night. And Angle for the MVP because it was the first time in a long time that I was genuinely scared by someone selling. Mm. I know I've said it a couple of times now, but honestly, every time Angle hit that post, I was like, that he's knocked himself out and they're going to ruin the rest of the match because of it. Angle proving as well that you can get over as a killer face that people get behind yeah. and be a geek and you know be yeah. a bit silly and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Shows you you can do both. Just be good. Be entertaining in both of those things in different ways. I am fully on board with Kurt Angle as a baby face. Bill, yeah. match of the night, MVP. Match of the night, I'm going to give to Austin Angle. Mm. Without any doubt, it's mm. the best match on the card for all obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. For MVP, I, I think this may be a first, but I can't be sure. Stone Cold Steve Austin, because he's... A psychopath, <laughs> and I've never been enter- more entertained by Austin than in this pay per view. That's so funny. I mean, and I'll tell you as well, like, because aside from the Deborah stuff, which is just awkward to watch, his character is so entertaining on TV. And this is again, like, this compared to like two months ago, he hates this even more. Mm. I just like, don't understand how he can hate this. Because this is so good. Oh, it's so entertaining. I love it. I, I'm honestly, Unforgiven is next. And I'm so excited to talk about it. Even though this Invasion storyline is like fading in terms of relevance and its immediacy. 
But I'm so excited to talk about face Kurt and heel Austin. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Our WCW invasion makes us care about Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kurt Angle. The most <laughs> two names that just immediately make you think of WWF in like the Attitude Era. So there you go. Well, my match tonight is obviously going to be uh, Austin and Angle as well. And the MVP has to go to The Undertaker, who really went out of his way. <laughs> oh, just, uh, here's a vet just selling for the young guys. <laughs> you know? <laughs> here's a vet who kind of goes, uh, oh, I think I can make him. I think oh, I think I make him. I like to do something with him. You know, like a, like a Terry Funk in ECW kind of uh, way. I'm sure he'll continue to make. Uh, my MVP is, uh, is Steve Austin. Yeah, that's you know, fine. There yeah. you go, making other people and himself at the same time. Both men came off so so well, but Kurt I could just as easy pick him as yeah. well for that. Well, that's going to do for this episode of the podcast. What did you think of SummerSlam 2001? Let us know in the comments below. Thanks for checking us out. And if you're on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher, go back and check out all the other episodes. Season 1, The Original Attitude Era. Season 2, The Rock's Return. And a bevy of bonus episodes in between. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Tweet us at AEPodcast or head over to Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a follow. That Facebook page is the place to be for video content. These days we have over a hundred videos yes, on there, Yes, there is. Good tools. work, Adam. Like, we've got an insane amount of video content there. So check out all of our different posts. And if you've got any ideas for videos that you'd like to see, let me know at BitBlops on Twitter. And if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things, head on over to MatthewsBotchamania.com. Oh, Billy. A proper one. Billy. I've done it now. I've gone and made a decent plug. <laughs> <laughs> I can't allow you to think you can just do that plug, Billy. <laughs> Always plug in affiliates who are thankful to have the support. Oh, oh, you got um, a plug. You I, got a plug. I did get a, uh, a direct message from Matthew saying, if you ever do that again, I'll, be <laughs> I'll kill you. I'm crazy, I'm crazy motherfucker. <laughs> if you want to support the Avatar podcast, you can. And the best way to do so is to support our Patreon page. Help the boys out. Help us out make this show. And as well as that, more importantly, get access to some juicy goodies. The Smackdown Crawl. Nearly 30 episodes of the Smackdown Crawl available now to enjoy me and Adam reviewing all of Smackdown. Full hour to an hour and a half long episodes. Each episode in depth. It's mad. It's wild. If you want a little taste and see what it's all about, go over to Facebook. Some of our Smackdown Crawl clips are available there. You can watch it sent to video and see what the show is all about but as well as that there's things like book reports videos let's plays for ten dollars you get access to my q a's where i answer all your questions every month for an hour-long podcast twenty dollars as well gets you access to all of our commentary tracks past present and future there's a whole shitload of them up now you want things like see no evil cm punk best in the world beyond the mat or the chaperone <laughs> or do you want to run at me like it's hard it's no holes barred anything you can think of with wrestling we've done a commentary track of it get them all on patreon or you can head over to selfie.com slash a podcast Pick one up, support the show, and the best way to help us out and support us is do what you guys always do. Tell a friend, someone looking for a new podcast, send them Kevin, Adam, and Billy's way. We'll tell them thanks, and maybe even Glad K. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying season three. <laughs> up next is Unforgiven 2001, but until then, it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. What? Me, Adam. What? Me, Billy. What? I will catch you big nasty bastards at Unforgiven 2001. What?